1: This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One
3: Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye
2: and good night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. And with me I have our usual guest, Rich Lada. What's going on?
0: Not much, man. You're just
2: trying to stay away from this Rona. Oh man, the Rona. Uh, we'll get back to the Rona in a second. But uh, today we have a special guest, Mike Zaporviv of F4W Online. What's going on, Mike? I'm here to bring the COVID 69.
1: That's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, if if you ladies are out there listening, you want to be infected by me? You just you just hook me up. Give me a call, and, and, and I'll slide into your DMs. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been here. Now you know why. See, oh,
2: man. how many how many times have you been on the show? How many times?
1: I, I think once, twice, whatever, well, whatever. It's probably been too many. That, so th- we know that.
2: Yeah, like that. Like when we were in uh, that bar in New York, that, that could have been two shows. But yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much it's pretty Legendary. much nice. Yeah, I, I see that. Like conversating with you, listening to you almost every single day, and then like by conversating with you, it seems to me that like Brian keeps you on your best behavior. <laughs>
1: The FCC does that. Brian actually puts me on some of my worst, but somehow oh, I'm man. able to actually like harness it in. People are like, man, sometimes you, you seem to to not be able to find the words when you're doing that show. And it's mostly because, one, I just woke up right before it started. And two, when you want to curse but can't, that, that is a painful, helpless feeling that, that, that few really know. Mm. we we
0: got to have you on there with the, uh, with the live sensor like Biggie when he would freestyle on the radio. They had the sensor himself.
1: <laughs> I can't censor myself so I need that 7 second dumb button and I could really
2: ch- use one oh, man yeah so because of all the nonsense that's going on this this week in wrestling and the world honestly I mean so much has happened um but I think the I think the most pressing issue right now is um as we all know huge huge uh huge big deal the J Electronica album dropped. <laughs> oh my god! After, after almost a decade, it's dropped. No, I'm not it's playing. Crazy. Um, I yeah, mean, I man. heard
1: it. It's twelve remixes of uh, Exhibit C. It really, it really is. <laughs> that would yeah, be
2: hilarious <laughs> in this case. Is, is that exhibit true? Exhibit
1: Lowercase C, Exhibit D. <laughs> yeah, exhibit yeah, I C, mean, like in Spanish, yeah, it's all that. I,
0: I listened to it and just. Thoroughly unimpressed, like with Jay Electronica. Um, I quite frankly, I think we're dealing with like the hoodwinking and scam of a lifetime, like how his entire career is played out. I don't get it. I, I, I would, you know. As far, as far as I'm concerned, you do the
1: mathematics of it. Correct. So you, you, you haven't opened your mind to that yet. You haven't you haven't felt all the the, the fruits of the earth yet to understand what's going on with harmonica, electronica, dramica, ramica,
0: <laughs> all that. Uh, like he might as well be rapping in hier- hieroglyphics Yeah, he might as well be rapping in hier- hieroglyphics. As uh, far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, so
2: my perspective on on him is. I fell off in rap and music in general in 2014, um, and then, but I, you know, you heard the exhibit C stuff, all the exhibit songs or whatever else showcases he were he was doing, and you heard some of the beats that Just Blaze had made for him or whatever. But it, I remember there was one verse that he had. It was like it was almost like that that um, that Lamar control verse where you heard it and you're just like, "Yo, this is like verse of the year." Um, I can't remember what song it was. It was so long ago, but I heard that, and then from there they hear that, like it's coming, and it's like, oh yeah, is it coming the same way the detox is coming? Yeah. Um, and for him to drop the album, and then to hear people say like, you know, it's Watch Your Throne two, they love it. Slash Jay Z buried him on all these verses or whatever else, or uh, was or wrapped him on verse or track after track. I don't know what to make of it. I don't really feel like going to listen to it, but the things for the people I trust is kind of like either they like it or they don't, or they like it. And like what they like about it isn't necessarily anything that much to do with J electronic himself, which I find to be just like, wow.
0: You know, I'm, I'm not really here for, um, you know, everybody that's out here that's just pretending to like this album. Y'all don't have to do that. <laughs>
3: <Like> it, <y'all.
0: laughs> just, just because you don't understand them. Don't mean that. He nice. A great man once said that, uh,
1: uh-huh. mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not going to judge it. I haven't heard it yet, but it's like, I want to say he's pigeonholed anyway. But, like, you know, who's going to be exposed and be excited that J Electronics is here that didn't know Exhibit C anyway? To everybody else, he's like a unicorn. It's like, okay, well, what have you done? Well, he's ghostwritten this. He's done this. He's done that. It's like, okay, I can respect that. Now, I can respect Exhibit C. Everybody's got a hot song. But, number one, Just Blaze I don't know. This is like when they or Eminem was doing the did, got Just Blaze to do a bunch of beats for the Slaughterhouse album that didn't come out, and it's like number one. No offense, but like Just Blaze, like I, I don't know. I just I think of producers, and it's like I don't know. I'm always thoroughly under impressed with Just Blaze. Really? I, I honestly, I am. When you take some other people, that uh, he's not number one on my producers list. That's that's for sure. He's probably not number seven on my producers list. Uh.
2: Come up with a list. I don't know. He's he's on
1: there. It's nothing against him.
2: I think it's a it's generational like, thing. I think that's what it comes down to. That's possible.
1: That's possible. If you
2: remember Marley Marl, like you you ain't gonna like it, or what <laughs> mm. yeah, because like people that are are like <clears throat> people that are of my late eighties born age, like that are outside of their genre into you know New York rap at that time or whatever else. Like Just Blaze is like maybe the best producer of the. Early two thousands, maybe or, or mid two thousands, as far as like non single rap, <laughs> like he's not the person you go to for your, like you go to Timbaland or even Kanye or or Neptune's for that stuff. But like if you want your track seven or your track th- or your intro or your outro or you know anything aside from like your lead single, he's the dude you most likely are to go to from uh, just a uh, rap perspective. But you know that's. I, I can see. I can see. Like if you're someone that's, um, like Marley Marl or, or or in Pete Rock, Pete Rock, or you know, I I, I can see or, or Dre, of course. I can see how you have people have different um tastes for that. I can see that.
1: Call me old is what you're doing, and I can understand because <laughs> you know why too. Also, the mid the mid tens is when I was swinging at, at the most air, frankly, during mm. that time as well too. Mm. So I can actually understand. And actually, you know, from the perspective of you're not going to use him for your big burner, but right. you, you need to fill out the album. Yeah, actually, you know what? Looking at it in that way,
2: yeah, that's a different perspective to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah, like, he's definitely, like, the, the person you most likely to you call for quality control. Like, I remember... Um, this is another one, another one of the people that like involved with the hype is like Saigon. Remember when like Saigon was getting like beats lifted oh off my like God. beats meant for him getting lifted off for of him for like Mariah Carey projects and stuff like that? Is, like that's that's kinda crazy. But then you hear the beat the album and is like, these beats are incredible or for me, my perspective anyway, like these beats are incredible, but like there's nothing that's gonna, you know, quote unquote take over the radio and like I don't even know if Saigon is meant for that. So, you know, and and also the game changed. Like, you know, South took over, and that was a wrap.
1: This is a legit question, even though it's way off topic. Like, has anyone seen Green Lantern? (laughs) Like, ever since he got the Exodus out, like, has (laughs) anyone? I know he did, like, one out. He did, like, one track. I remember that, like, somebody did, and he was on it. But then he just, like, it was, like, thin air. Like, ever since he kind of got shoved away by (laughs) Eminem and all them, (laughs) you ain't seen nothing.
0: Yeah. I can't say I really heard too much from the. The last thing I remember was like that champ is here. That kiss I believe that yeah. he did, <laughs> a yeah, long time ago.
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 really weird with producers because from from my perspective, because I always wanted to be a producer, uh, was like to me it seemed like the producer is more valuable than even the rapper when it comes down to you know like you know. You want to rock the crowd, you need the beats. It, it, it is it is what it is. Um, and obviously the MC comes into play. But I feel like they're more valuable. Um and especially because like I grew up around cash, you know, grew up on cash money. is like if there's no Manny Fresh, there ain't no Lil Wayne, there ain't no Juvenile, there ain't no BG, there ain't no bird Birdman, none of that shit. So um That's my perspective on it. So It's always been weird to see, like, the cycle of how people, like, they'll have a couple years and then, like, they'll fade out. Or if you're, like, special, you'll have, like, a decade and then you'll eventually fade out. Or you'll fade out and you'll have a comeback type of thing. So, um, it's weird to look at even the beginning of last decade, like, the the early 2010s, and you see, like, the people that were working on Drake stuff, like, uh, Boy Wonder, T Minus, um, you know. 40. Yeah, forty, and then you see like where they are now, and it's like T minus retired and came back.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I was like, Wonder still still out doing a lot of stuff, but right. then I think what what happened this last decade was everyone was able to like r- like figure out the same style, like well, like really like and just blend it because of yeah. the internet, like and like yesterday I was I was you know talking to James yesterday and I taught myself how to make one of those UK drill beats in like 40 <laughs> minutes like and I've never made one in my life or whatever so it's like it, everything became like easier to replicate like with you know the producers it was hard harder for you know to stand out and then when someone would take over it be their time like when Metro and them came nobody was talking about Wes Luger anymore even though it was right. largely well, the same shit, except really, without being really, aggressive there was like
2: that whole Trap sound in the late 2000s off Germable Boy. Then you get to Mustard. Likes. Mustard. And then Mustard got his sound used up for the mid tempo stuff. And then they went right back to like Booming, Metro Booming, and all this, you know, Southside and 808 Mafia people. But what it, I find it really, really, um, I think this really all comes down to with like Music industry because of streaming and whatever else, like every year, year after year after year, like genres have to close in upon themselves, and there's less production money, and now people aren't even making money off albums; they're making money off of their, you know, their touring deal and people, you know, the three hundred and sixty deals and everything else is like, all right, well, people are trying to recoup as much money as possible. Forget trying to get these samples cleared, and once you get rid of the sample game, then you have to go into, you know. kind of like lo-fi and low instrumentation and low, you know, musical um, so you can mass theory. produce. Maybe in to an extent yes, but I think it's easier for the average person to be able to make a beat now because like people aren't as musically um not meant to musically talented because they're doing crazy things in a lot of the music, but like the restraints on your ability to go out here and go get a, you know, a string section to go knock something out. It's like, no, nah, we're done with. We can't do that. We we're pressed for time. We'd have the budget to do that. We're just gonna have to make lemons out of or eliminate out of lemons, and that's where we are with production. It's like, and then you know, that's not even getting into the lyricism of rap, whatever else, because that's a whole nother thing. And then, like, quite honestly, <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't care. We're 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 past lyrics. Like, we're we're we're, we're in a post lyric world. <laughs> almost like are you charismatic on the mic yes okay we'll worry about everything else after that and i think we have a lot of charismatic guys especially out of buffalo <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean they're like wrestling cause, well because like derringer's got to me he's got a huge target on him because one people are already comparing to other people as it is anyway two you're just this guy whether it be mike will in the last couple of years whoever it is in the last couple of years mm-hmm. whoever you want to pick like you now you're that guy so now, what are you going to do? What's it going to sound like a year from now? What's it going to sound like two years from now? Odds are, it's going to probably sound the exact same way it does now, the same way it did two years ago. But this is the 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 hot wave, and I love Griselda. I love to me, I love a lot of what they did. I also mm-hmm. see limitations on what they do. I also see limitations on on, on what they are right now, and how are you going to move this whole thing forward?
2: Like do you, you think it's too free? regional.
1: I don't think it's too regional no because I think, you know, I'm not saying they brought New York back because then that would be insulting to somebody from New York or that. I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say they brought back a feel uh-huh. that New York didn't have. You know, yeah. they, they brought a swagger that was <laughs> unfamiliar. They you know, they they punched you know the hole through and now you're here. And that's awesome. That's great. You know, I have never heard. Have you ever heard West Side Gun uh freestyle? Probably not. No. And he makes it very clear that, no, that's not what he does. And because there's reasons probably that's not what he does. You know what I'm saying? He's got some other people on his shoulders that, that probably help him out a little bit. I'm not going to mm. criticize that or anything like that. But it's like, okay, there, Cape Conway got his. Benny got his. And then you see Tone Atlas. You see, I mean, your old Droog has been more of a producer. But, I mean, you know, if you want to associate him with, you know, it's like, What else is now happening how are you moving your stuff forward and it's like man you got a a bunch of new jewelry you know the next hermes album and all this and all that and it's like okay i wonder what's next because right now they are the thing and they are sitting on top right now but you know it's heavy as the head you know what i mean so it's like okay what's the whole crew gonna do moving forward because they are it right now i'm not sure who else is i mean i may be missing somebody but they still seem to be you know the swinging dicks but it's been now like what three years it's been a while now, and it's like, okay, where are we at here? Because are we ready to move on, or, or what's going to come next?
0: Yeah, the the thing that unless I missed it about-
2: completely, we've already moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, from from possible from that perspective, I mean, I don't think so. But I also see them, you know, like at some of these wrestling shows, they seem like they're having a blast. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, they. What's the motivation? You know, how how motivated are you going to stay? You know, and I hope they are. They they spread out. They've got a little money, you know, a little bit of a deal with everybody. They've kept their, you know, all the Griselda stuff. So it's like, I mean, I'll say this from a, you know, from a business point of view, they've certainly circled the wagons well, and they've, you know, they've dipped out into a bunch of other places well. But again, what comes next? You know, Megan in, in a different way is is another one. Okay. You, you've done your shtick now. You've done your gimmick. Now, can you expand these lyrics? You know, okay, well, I guess, can you get out of your deal, number one? Yeah, that's <laughs> but then But then, you know, what comes... She's not down?
0: getting out of that. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> she, she signed, like, a four-album deal. She's, like, Carl Crawford, like, I, I mean, that is really complicated, and it's, like... Part of it is like, damn, like I wish somebody would have like, you know, smarten up to the game. But then you realize, hey, that's kind of what the game is if you're trying to get out here. Yeah. Um, and and another so, thing with
2: with uh, Carl Crawford is, I mean, I haven't really followed it closely aside from when you know I saw that like she wants out. But from my from the little I've heard is like they're kind of because given you know if you're just going to outside of the obviously the music corporation is like. Cle- completely uh, over-leverages their ability, uh, their, their money-making ability compared to what the artist makes. So that's like, well then yeah, just rip the whole industry but like, that's obviously not gonna happen. But working on the strengths the that we have, like it kind of feels like there really is not that really much of a bad guy between Carl Carfer or Megan or the or who, all the other players involved because like, Carl Carfer was new to this shit too. Yeah. yeah. I just
1: blame Leor Corum for everything. If I can't, oh,
2: yeah. if I can't figure it out, it's, it's Leor, <laughs> his big ass head's
3: fault.
1: Yeah, like- <laughs> and maybe just, you know, from a creative point of view, it's like, okay, well, now you've kind of laid it out. Now <laughs> you can become Kim or worse, Foxy, real easy. Or do you want to become Latifa? Can you actually move your shit forward? You actually see smart enough. And that's the other thing too. I think you know there are people that have defended her to the hilt on everything, who are defending around this Crawford thing, and it's like, well. You know, there are lawyers here. There's a deal you needed to sign. You Nobody did know who, really who you were. So it's like, I mean, you know, it's six and one half a dozen of the other here. You may have not signed the best deal, but it's like when you take all of the credit for how smart and how how creatively that they marketed you and how well your steps were laid out and how well you handled everything. I mean, give her credit for that. How her poise standing up in there was thrown into any situation, no matter what the interview was, no matter what it was. But okay. You also need to take the heat for when you screw up. You just have to eat it and keep it moving. And, and how are you going to stay relevant? How can you play both sides? How can you get yours over Carl Crawford? You just have to be creative with it because Look, everybody has a bad deal. How are you going to survive it and move on from it?
0: Everyone does not She better holler at Drake.
1: That, well, I mean, yeah. Because I mean,
0: like we, yeah. we, we know somebody that's been signed like, to like, multiple people and still got a problem behind the scenes is him.
2: Well – does that well? If the, if you're saying Drake and you're gonna f- make those claims, does that mean that she needs to holla at Drake, or does she need to go holla at Jay Prince?
0: And or well, no, I think point. she's and on. The, or, she, well, and or, or she's point. on the. I think she's on the opposite side of Jay Prince on, in this whole deal or whatever. Well, that's so it. that's, that's yeah. Crawford's
1: got Prince and he's, he's been backed by. I mean, because nothing. Well, you know, well, nothing moves case, without she, Jay
0: Prince, so. It, if,
2: if, if Jay Prince is okay with where she's at, then she's gonna stay where she's at. I, 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 I have a pretty good idea that if that's where she wants, if that's where he wants her to be, that's where she will be. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it sounds like a wrap. <laughs> if that's the case, yeah. I did not know that, but now that I do, it sounds like it's a rap.
1: Well, either that he, he's going to grift his skin and graft it right onto her in some sort of way. I mean, it's not it's not going to happen. If that deal blows up, Carl Crawford, I think, was going to be okay. There'll be some kiss on the back end of this, but yeah. it's not going to move unless again, unless he does something.
2: Yeah, I mean, and if and if something happens that ultimately would, if you know, she wants to be the star that that I think she wants to be, that might end up being for the best. Would she make as much money as, you know, ultimately uh, she thinks she could if she would be a free agent right now? Of course not. But, um, you know, Jay Prince has a way of making the people that are uh, that he wants to be, uh, you know, uh, big stars in the industry. He keeps them around for a long time, regardless of the level of quality of their music or whatever else. They come. They they've, you know, they figured it out from that perspective, especially out of out of Texas. But um, this is a wrestling podcast. All right. Yeah. <laughs> The whole right. world is wrestling. This, this, this all those people we just talked about, all wrestling right there. Yeah, are yep. All running gimmicks. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I originally made a joke and it ended up going way long. But um, yeah, man, coronavirus all around the world. Like global health scare. Um, people very people sick. People dying. um now, right now we're not, you know we're worried we're in a situation where we're you know i feel like we've been ill prepared as a country for this um compared to um like say japan where they seem to be um what is it uh what is, it, what, is it, what is the term for it um to be able to uh social distancing to keep be able to keep uh the hospitals from being overran what is it called the i think that's it well i just explained what it is but i forgot the term for it um anyway we're not doing a good job with that and it seems like you know this thing could go over longer than we expect but you know uh, right now if we were to still be positive let's say this is going to be a three-month thing This is going to really affect american wrestling we've already seen it with smackdown being ran in the performance center um you know people having to get on planes to go to the performance center um you know what are your thoughts been so far this week uh heading into this almost seemingly like from Wednesday on, Mike. It's been surreal. I mean, this
1: has been absolutely surreal. It's just, it's not real. I mean, with it breaking in China, it's like, okay, we got another, you know, mad cow disease sort of kind of situation, you know, like, okay. And then it, you know, it spreads to Japan and there was the whole deal with the, the cruise liner. And that's one thing, I mean, Japan, came around to it better but if you ask some people in japan on what they thought of their government they screwed it up royally (laughs) you know maybe not to the level of uh, of maybe some people the way they think we have because we were looking the other way while they were suffering but south korea came next and it was just it it was it's been brutal and italy iran you know where it's really hit hard the italy was amazing you know because it was mostly around milan and it was you know mostly in the northern end and You know, I don't know if that I don't think that they reported on that. There was such a look towards Asia that I don't think the American press really drove home what was happening in Europe and what was happening in Italy, especially, you know, and in Germany and some other places as well. But Italy being the standout. And I think that probably would have drove home the point, I think, where to people here if they probably would have looked. You know the, the short East <laughs> instead of Far East <laughs> because it's like you know this is you know whether people like it or not, it's more relevant to a lot of people. It's more tangible to a lot of people when it's you know news is coming out of the UK, Germany, Italy or, or the European you know market as opposed to the Asian market. And I you know that didn't get driven home on top of the fact that our our government did what they did about it and everybody kind of dragged their feet on it and, and wanted to play politics with it. And then it just explodes even more. And, you know, really, Tuesday, it did drive everything home. I guess that was the night everything kind of started to fall with Rudy Gobert. Uh, Gobert getting, getting testing positive, and And I'm trying to figure what else happened. I guess it was what baseball or I, I
2: can't remember what happened that day. but um,
1: I think it was that,
0: Wednesday.
2: Well, well Either, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, but basically, uh, you had Gobert, and you also had, before that, the NCAA was going to do empty arena March Madness games.
1: That's it was, what it was. Yeah. 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 That's right. It was the empty arena matches <laughs> were beginning, and it was like... Damn, you know, okay, now this is, you know, this is going to be tangible to a lot of people because it's effing up my sports. <laughs> you, you know, the the only people that were happy hearing about the NCAA tournament were, were people like my woman and everybody else who usually watches Young and the Restless and, and Bold and Beautiful. <laughs> they didn't have to worry about it being preempted anymore, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, they go and they make these moves and then like now finally it really kind of dawned on people and then you got the panic. And I'm in. Southern Delaware. I have relocated here, been down here now for 20 years. Love this beach. You know what I'm saying? But like there was one case, I think, initially when this broke and it was up in in Newcastle or Wilmington, which is essentially a Philadelphia suburb. And that was a professor that they could directly track, went somewhere and shook hands with somebody. And it's like, okay, there's been one. I went to the store. And I heard everybody talking about it. people are tripping, and there, there's no toilet paper, there's no this, there's no that. I went, there's no damn toilet paper. <laughs> like, if you have lost your goddamn ever loving minds, like there's no <laughs> toilet paper, and it's like I'm thinking this is a virus, this is a flu. You're not, you're not getting diarrhea. You're getting sick, and you look on the shelves, cold medicine for days, Kleenex really? for days. There's wipes, there's this, there's that, and it's like, wait a second. I'm in an area, number one, where nothing is happening anyway, and you've taken all the toilet paper, yet you've left the day quill. I I don't, this is something I don't understand, but it's like, this is where we're at. (laughs) And it's just, it's gotten more surreal by the day with more things falling. My son's school has been cut. So now he's in for two weeks. And it's like, you know, we're just starting the tip of this weird thing where, you know, outside in most places, you're going to be just fine. But it's like this new move to like, you're locked in your homes. Like, you know, this is we're, we're, we're soon to get holograms because we're just becoming further and further prisoners to our own homes. And I think the reaction to this and the reaction to people going out, acting the way they're acting. I mean, you know, there's pros and cons, to everything. There's a silver lining to everything. There's, Hey, you can make out of anything. There's lemonade. You can make out of any lemon, but like, you know, for the short term on this, Oh, God.
2: It's, yeah. just been kind of, yeah. it's
1: been pathetic.
2: Yeah. And it's only going to get worse until, like... I mean, I hate to say this. It's only going to get worse until, like, the numbers go down. And, I mean, that's... It seems like that's a three-month proposition. And then people will relax, but... Or maybe enough of the crazies get their total papers to let the rest of us, like, you know, kind of behave in a normal pattern. But, like...
1: Well, what was I, SARS? What was SARS? Six months? I mean, and then was, was pretty much dead and buried by July?
2: Right? Yeah, and I think this one closely looks like, it was, it was like, kind of has similarities to SARS or whatever. Yeah. Um. I mean, the crazy part about SARS is, like, I barely remember anything happening or making any kind of, like, change in my life when that happened. Like, it is, like, now it's, it's like, I'm... I'm not one to say scared to death, but it's like, oh, yeah, you guys need to social distance. It's like, well, luckily, I, I, you know, I've been kind of doing that for like the last decade. So, it like, <laughs> so,
3: like,
2: sounds like music to my ears. So, uh, God, I mean, there,
1: there was. Girl, there, there, there I hook
0: up with you. I, I don't want to get this COVID. You know what
1: I'm saying? I got to hang back. You just.
0: <laughs> there, there was one um, show, James. Uh, I believe it was last year that was telling everybody wash your ass. Oh, there, yeah. There was there, there was <laughs> one show. You know, when when we found out people wasn't washing their legs,
2: and oh, you know,
0: yeah. Wait, yeah. excuse me.
2: Yes, <laughs> uh, you, you didn't see this, but like towards the end of, or actually the middle of last year, um, oh, no. like it was this this huge discussion on Twitter blew up about like. S- <sighs>
1: People too fat to bend over and get them calves. Like no, like- no.
2: It, it seemed to be that like a certain subset of a large subset of white people did not realize that you need to also wash your legs in the shower. So then it blew up, and then it turned to a thing about hygiene. And then certain people took it wow. to talk about like um, certain different other things. that I think it's just like I don't I don't really care about that, but it's like y'all not washing y'all legs, y'all not wash your feet. And I think it was, I think the main thing was that. Um, there was a... Taylor Swift was on Ellen and then talked about that. And Taylor was like, Well, I don't wash my legs, but I shave my legs in the shower, so that's good, right? And then Ellen like shook his head and was like, Yeah, that, that's good enough. And I was like, No, Ellen, you need to tell the truth to these people, Ellen. They tune in because they love you, respect you, and they believe in you, Ellen. Don't let people down, Ellen. So then I went on some huge rant about y'all don't wash your ass. And I was start yelling, you know, wash your ass um with something that with, with something that lathers and, and uh I'm sorry, something that lathers and exposure. Don't just use the bar. I know some of y'all out here just using the bar. Um, I need to get the soot off of y'all, off of y'all skin, and then, and we're then I went on some rant about brush, People need to brush their teeth. Those are wrestling fans. People hear about this all the time about our hygiene. I need to brush your teeth, brush your tongue, brush under your tongue, brush the roof of your mouth. And then use mouthwash every day, and and also floss. And I, I went on some huge. It went like a seven minute rant or whatever else. But uh, ended up going on our best of uh, One Nation Radio
0: uh, 2019 thing. But um, so that was like the slogan for like a couple weeks. One Nation Radio, wash ass. Yeah,
1: <laughs> damn. Well, for honkies everywhere, I apologize. Oh man.
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, I got the, the soap. I got a washcloth. I got clean legs because I washed my legs in the shower because I was raised better than this and also by the way not only wash your feet occasionally you gotta get in there and get somebody to wash that tub because if you're just sitting there in a bunch of mold and funkiness anyway sitting there like you're getting an athlete's foot in the locker room because that's how nasty your shower is if you wash your feet and then step back into that it's pretty much the same thing. Then you got to dry them, too. Don't leave them stinking before you get in the socks. So and 2020 is
2: grows. So twenty twenty is one-inch radio. Wash your tub. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yeah, that, yeah. That Wash works your too. tub. Clean, just everything.
1: This is what this virus
2: does. You bunch of – sorry. This is the other
1: thing with this virus, too. And I know we're too long on this damn virus. But this is – look, it took – it takes this type of thing for people to remember – To wash your goddamn hands and to remember that even if you wash your hands, if you then take that said hand and put it on a doorknob that you don't clean because that's somebody else's job or whatever it is, and you're too lazy to put a Clorox wipe on it like... You're not helping Right? Like do everything. And also, this is not 1950 fucking two in Korea and somebody else has moved away and is doing all the stuff. And you're here working and you got to go to work regardless of anything. And you're sick and you're tired and all this. And we got to do it because, you know, this is what we do as men. No, stay home, stupid. We are way <laughs> past this. If you're sick, don't make everybody else sick along with you. OK, I get 40 hours of sick time. Most people at least get that. That's their fault if they got their taxes back and want to go spend that and take a long vacation and say they were sick. That's their problem. But I'm saying you don't do that, Mr. Responsible. Stay home. You're so workmanlike. Try to figure out something you can do there and don't infect the rest of this dummy.
2: Yeah.
0: Noted.
1: Uh,
2: Yes, I, I I think we need to have Mike more on more often to talk about like safe, public safety and health and also <clears throat> scrubbing the, scrubbing I'll their toes. I'll their
1: be ass. the ombudsman for white people if this is what you. <laughs> this is obviously needed for
2: everybody because
1: again. The community, I can't imagine what the collective would be like. Some of the conversations that were going to take place down there, and you'd all be right. Everybody just sitting there like, let me tell you about this, and you'd be right, and we can't say shit. We just have to sit down on the outside. And Some people will get mad, but most of us, we know, we know. As they neck, <laughs> sit back there, they're just listening, and they're scratching the, the hair on their necks because they got that big long neck beard, and they're, they're smelling themselves right now and looking around. Yeah, you know who you are. Well, that's I'm here for you. I'm going to try to help you on behalf of the people. I'm going to help us bring us together. They do let me do this on on Observer. They don't. No rules. You ain't going to hear Jim Valley talk about this.
2: <laughs> oh, speaking of Jim, um, I, I talked to Jim on Twitter uh, last year, like in September. Yeah, September. She, he, okay, so Jim, I know he, you know, we talked about Stardom um, in New York, but we were, you know, they have their G1, their, it's called the Grand Prix, um, five-star Grand Prix, so their shows come out on delay. Um, now, me as a person that's on Twitter, I make sure to block a million things on, on Twitter because I follow Stardom, and... I've had a long block list, long, long blacklist, and I forgot, I guess I apparently made the mistake of forgetting that Jim once did that New York show commentary with Fumi. So, uh, right before I go to the turn on the, the, the Grand Prix Final to watch it, I go to Twitter and the first thing that Jim posts is, Hannah has won the G1. I almost <laughs> threw my fucking phone, Mike. I was so mad. But but Mike, but he ain't do nothing wrong. He's like, look, man, hey. like, it's my fault for how my ass on Twitter. Is you know, you know, that's that's what you get. But I was at the time I was like, I've watched this whole entire tournament unspoiled. I've watched, what was it at that point? Before before that final night, it had been something like 60 something matches that I'd already watched. Unspoiled. No one cares about this Japanese woman promotion over here. I'm fine. I'm good. Get to the last day he posted. I was just like, damn, he got me. <laughs> I was 38 hot for like an hour. Um, so yeah, like I appreciate Jim. I appreciate the fact that he, um, he, he, how much he loves kagetsu who just retired. But I, at that time I was just like, <laughs> I was like, damn you, damn you, Jim Valley. And it's funny because Jim is like the nicest person in the world. He's all right, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, <laughs> but
1: he's, um, that's a, you got to take that Adam Summers pro Adam goes into a damn cave. Like if Adam doesn't want to be spoiled by something, like he mm-hmm. will not be spoiled by it, but he will go through the greatest of lengths. If there's a billboard that he's passing on his way, driving to Chicago, wherever he's working now, I can't even remember anymore, but like he will take an entire different route. Like, he will recalculate his route to, like, whatever it is and, like, have no radio on or, like, will block out a piece of the sun. I mean, he will go through any length. It's like – and then, like, warn all of us, like, angrily, like – I haven't seen like the day, whatever it is, of the G1. Don't, you know, like a whole long list of like, don't spoil me or like, you know, the the whole world's going to come to an end. Like, he will not use, won't do a damn thing. And it's like, that's about the only thing you can do. And it's really harder than harder than ever. I mean, with it popping up, with, on your phone, on your watch, on, you know, a text. If you don't have, if you have your, notifications yeah, your notifications on where you get the banner and it's like, I've had shit spoiled that way where it's like ESPN streak for the cash has spoiled me on something. I'm watching on a little bit of delay. You know what I mean? It's like you got the DVR. So you get that automatic delay of 30 seconds or whatever when you're recording something and it's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, it's such, it's just, it's a pain and it's almost like You know, you just to me, you got to look at your events the same way, like boxing. Like if you were broke in the 80s and couldn't afford pay-per-view or couldn't make it out. But like so you would hear the result of the fight, Mm -hmm. you know, if you didn't have HBO or pay-per-view like. But you still you had to stay involved and hyped up and and really want to see it. And it's just it's just one of those things that like spoilers are just that's what you got to live with now, because instantly as soon as it's over everybody's going to know everything or at least enough to get the word out there. So it's like the music between the notes is going, you know, and to me matters. Like, you know, I, I can know the result, but not know from an Okada match or an Omega match or a Tanahashi match. Like, okay, what did I miss? What did I see? And unfortunately you don't have that danger in WWE, which is why one of the reasons why it's so easy to miss one, they make <laughs> it so easy for you to, you know, they put all their stuff out there in short clip form anyway. So you can miss shows easy and still stay caught up and not miss a damn thing in the middle. You know, and as that's going on, it's like you know the formula of everything that they do, so it's like even if you just hear the results, you can kind of, you know, depending on what part of the month or the year it is, you pretty much know which direction that they're going and you pretty much know how oh, things yeah. are going to lay out at the end.
2: Yeah. So, perfect example of this is uh recently. So, uh one of our homeboys Simon in uh Rich also wanted to take a victory lap on me yesterday because the second that the fiend came out and pointed at the sign in front of cena they were like they're gonna make this be about the match the the, their feud from 2014 and i was like yeah y'all probably right but don't shit on it just wait a week until they finally do i said i agree with them just wait until they do it and then shit on them they saw those promos from um, the past few weeks, and they've been dunking on me ever since. And I'm like, y'all are my assholes. I agree with you, and told you that's what I want to do. All I said was wait, and they still they still were like, nah, you're just as wrong as everyone else, James. All right, fine, fine,
3: fine. <sighs> sure, yeah. Th-
0: I don't know. Th- this WrestleMania builds like I, I guess we should start in the Wednesday shows because you know that was that was probably like you know like what what, what has been your overall um, feel for for the Wednesday shows, Mike. With uh, you know, like pretty much since the first of the year,
1: AEW's had a great year. I mean, I think they have. They've taken their all the mistakes that they had. Because you remember how lag they had last year closed was. It was the Dark Order that was beating down the locker room. You had Michael Nakazawa getting messed with. You had people running up on Riho yelling, even if it had nothing to do with her. It was like, we're going to have a small Japanese girl cower here as somebody screams about something next to her. We had Dr. Luther and the whole thing with the Nightmare Collective. You had one slip up after another, and their big stuff was great. Like, Moxley and Jericho was fine. Cody, whatever Cody does, I mean... He's his daddy right now. He's riding high. Like everything, uh-huh. pretty much that he touches, in my opinion, you know, it's on time, or at least it's not. It's certainly not an embarrassment. You know, they had yeah. some things humming, but the, the problem was their negative was outweighing their positive, and that's how the year starts. And from there, they they knew what they needed to do. They threw up a white flag on the Nightmare Collective. Just said, "Hey, we, we fucked up. We're gonna dust our hands off now and keep it going." And that's what they did. Sorry, Mill. Yeah, it's like, you know, the Nightmare Collective, they disappear off TV, they're trying to reformulate them. Brandy's back with Cody. All's right in the world. The the Dark Order, they, that is hitting rock bottom. What are we doing here? Well, they introduced Christopher Daniels. They kind of utilize him, play with him a little bit in his past, and they they kind of got that ship right. You know, they stopped making it so, with the goofy commercials and, and this, that, and the third. And they've, you know, it's still, it, you know, it's borderline. I mean, this thing could, could shit the bed, you know, just as easy as it Ooh. did to start. But yeah. They got Matt Hardy. I mean, there's there's aspects that now they can throw into this that can you can make some hay out of it. And the thing is, we don't know, too, with Matt Hardy. I mean, they can instantly turn into a mid-card, long-running act, or you never know. This could prop them up into the main event, uh, you know, feed world title-wise, tag title-wise. I don't think <laughs> it will, at least not right away. But you have that opportunity now that you didn't have at the end of the year. And so all of that stuff is clicking you know Uh, sammy guevara the young guys you know so right now they're riding high does that mean nxt is not doing good stuff no nxt is doing good stuff but there's no danger to that show unless you're talking about a move that might kill adam cole or johnny gargano (laughs) again that's kind of awesome but it's like you know uh, they turned into a really slick version of roh from a couple Mm. years ago where they you know you can't really bang on the work at all, but the, there's a personality and there's a spirit and there's something that's missing and they're missing that. And unfortunately, AEW's got it in spades and they're not as slick. They're not as fresh. They're not as whatever, but they're also not as predictable. You know, right. you know, if Morrow says this, that <laughs> Nigel's going to come behind him with this. And then Beth is going to add this. And it's like, you know, this, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. It's like, you know how it's going to sound. You know that when this person talks about what they're going to do, it's again, it's not the athlete's fault it's not the performer's fault it's the structure and what they're working underneath and it's not all negative because again when times are rough like you see what they were able to pull off the performance center you you know they can pull things off that other people can't it's just the creative part of it the the thing that you should be piqued by you know and get your your interest up and your dander up with that's missing, and AEW has that unpredictability factor that NXT just doesn't.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree, and um, I think the thing with a- NXT right now is I think you can draw the, the their 2019 into like a line in the sand. You can basically draw it from the end, the last night of the, uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, like, after that, just their matches on TV aren't up to snuff with what was happening like with that, for example, that Mark Andrews and Flash merger Webster versus uh, Browser-Weights match like we haven't really gotten one of those on TV since then and a lot of that is because you know, they had to do hot shotting to get to um, Worlds Collide and then they had to you know, also hot shot to get themselves to um, Portland. And then, like, you look at, you know, the residual effects of what's happened to Bianca with the Charlotte thing and, R- and Rhea Ooh. thing.
3: Um,
2: and you look at, like, you know, this was a decision, this is their choice, this isn't a, this isn't a byproduct of them hot-shotting, but you look at their decision to go full throttle, like, with Velveteen coming back to go to Adam Cole as opposed to picking someone else, and how bad in the ring um, Velveteen has been since he's been back quite frankly like he's somebody that needs rust knocked off him not someone that needs to be in a title match at the quote-unquote wrestlemania takeover if that even happens anytime soon like you know this 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 pandemic seems to have popped up at the right time for Velveteen because they were going to go out there and there's it was not going to be up to snuff with whatever with this champa gargano thing that's probably going to main event
0: yeah, and like, I think, um, like with the Velveteen thing, like, never, I think I said on the show last week, like, never have I, you know, reluctantly, uh, wanted to take a victory lap. I was like, it's going to be dreaming cold, but he's completely uninspiring as babyface, as is Champa, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, I, I, I watched their, their brawl with him in, um, you know, Gargano this week. First time I watched NXT in like ages, but it's like, wow. Everything Johnny Gargano says about Tommaso Ciampa is right. This guy's a piece of shit. Like why like literally it was time that healed everything? Okay. Um but 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 but, 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 but so is Johnny. Like they're both terrible no, people. No, no,
2: it's no, like no. But, but the thing about that part that makes no sense for me is like, okay. So why do y'all tag team against uh uh against uh seven in bait at uh Worlds Collide
0: then? Yeah, it's it's you know
2: <laughs> like they then, like we were supposed to just forget that part, right? right? So no, I say it, am I?
1: Nobody ever calls back to it, and that's what the announcer should be for. That's where even if you only do it once, like if you go back and you watch really old wrestling, like they'll have a turn like this or something will happen. Well, they will have to go, well, what changed since the last time you were here? And then there's at least an excuse or the announcer will bring it up and at least patch it up, and then you move on. With right. WWE, it's like most of their stuff where it's like Never mind. Okay, we're, just, we're just moving on. Yeah, this plot hole whether it be Mandy and Otis or, oh, you know, or or you pick the storyline, where is Edge's neck brace? Where is the <laughs> update? Like, And again, was like maybe in the grand scheme of things, nobody cares about that. But WWE, this is the mentality they had because that's how they built it. You won't care about that because we said so. We're moving on now. Right. And it, it doesn't work like that. And when people are given the option and the choice of, having this explained and laid out or having the fantasy book on their own and then disappointing themselves because their fantasy booking and their actual booking don't meet up and yours is you feel better yep. <laughs> you know this is one of the big problems that they have
0: yeah and sometimes yeah. when they explain like the uh the reasons for doing stuff like Roman Reigns's promo uh for Goldberg Friday what was it it's I'm just learning. like Man, he's like his his main point was like, like Cole said, hey, some people are saying like there are critics out there that you don't deserve to be in the main event like of WrestleMania and things like that. And Roman's main point of contention was, you know, if I can main event in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, in front of 5000 people in a small town every day of the year, why can't I main event WrestleMania? I'm like man, because on TV you
2: fucking lose because you you have a, a locker room because you have a locker room feud with a, a heel and they talk about a, you being the leader of the locker room and then lo and behold you get your ass whooped after <coughs> Humpty Dumpty and all the king's men come out there and whoop your ass and nobody comes out to help you until after you are to lose the match and then your cousins show up. That's why Roman.
0: Yeah. And and then and then taking it out of storyline, it's like, well, look what they've done with him all year. Like they've colossally blown him all year, uh, handcuffing him to Corbin for five months so people wouldn't dare think about booing Roman Reigns. Instead, all you're doing is getting him more under rather than pairing him off with Andrade or Nakamura or somebody that was on the brand at the time running like completely away from roman reigns versus daniel bryan which was right there um and then they do all these things and it's like well is roman reigns hot right now no and then he loses the Royal rumble and then they just decide there's no elimination chamber all of a sudden after advertising it and it's like there there's just so many holes in this story and you look up and down the promotion that's the story to promotion there are holes everywhere
2: yeah but um yeah like i would say in NXT, the one I pointed out is like the only one that really is the only one that's really there. That's not of Vince's doing with machinations of sending people up and down um, to NXT ever since November. <clears throat> but if you go to the main roster, yeah, SmackDown. I I can watch. I'll watch a Raw because like I know at some point I'm going to get something good between Ray and in every other luchador or, or or basically flat out Mexican wrestler. And then um you know, whatever Aleister Black's doing. But SmackDown, like, where do you go to get it? Except for like right now the the Drew Gulak and um and Daniel Bryant thing is going on right now. Like the, like i I like I believe the Mandy and Otis stuff, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoy it. Um but from what I see of it, but it's turned to it's turned into this and we knew it was gonna turn into something like this, and it's like now instead of it just being one quick thing, and now this next chapter, now they're just like, we don't know what's gonna happen because there's all this miscommunication, and like it's it's just another one of those things where like they're booking by the seat of their pants every single week, and it's like they're not they're not doing what they've done. It.
0: It feels like they're they're laying stuff out weeks and weeks and weeks in advance, and it's going to be interesting to see how AW gets thrown off with this coronavirus stuff. Now, if anything changes, because you know I believe the uh, the War Games match is getting moved. Um, there's a lot, you know, going there, but we we kind of hinted around it, Mike. I kind of wanted to ask you about your um, thoughts on Charlotte Charlotte Flair. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Like now, I have watched. Uh, you know, I, I was watching the Royal Rumble earlier this year. Charlotte won a Royal Rumble, as everyone knows, and uh, she said the program with Ripley. Of course, Bianca Belair was, uh, you know, collateral damage uh, between both of them. Like uh, she was basically the setup person for both of them, and of course, you know, I don't. I don't help me understand this, Mike. <laughs> Charlotte has like historically meant nothing for business based off like the last year or so she had an awful year in the ring are the promises this strong, like whatever promises were made to Charlotte, um, you know, where she couldn't win the Royal Rumble last year. So she had to win it this year to, to get this thing going with Rhea Ripley. And it's just like, it feels so for lack there of a better word, shoehorned again, and it seems like the she's poisoning the well by association, like because Ri Ripley is now acting like she's the the challenger in this when she's the champion. It, it's all kind of like you know weird uh, well, on that it,
1: end. NXT is not a world championship brand. I mean they've they've flat said that it's it's not a it's not to the level. It's still that's a step you take to get here. And that's number. I mean, that's one of the problems. The second problem, and there there's a lot of problems. I guess depending on, on how you want to look at it. First of all, they could have made hay out of Bianca. Uh, with uh, Bianca, I mean that's just a fact. Now they they go and they should never have made that match when they did. They should have just let it go with Charlotte, alluding to it hinting to it. Maybe I do go back down to Florida. Maybe I do take a vacation. I mean, there's ways you could have played it where it would have made it obvious that's who she was choosing and everybody could look at it and know just you know, know that everything was going to be all white and and know that Rhea was going to get the win, but you could have at least added some drama to it. You know, right. they you know what they see in Rhea and you, I mean to me, they hopefully there are people there that that see it with Bianca as well too, but like with how you moved on the SmackDown title, it's like you could have had Charlotte interfere in that match and had Bianca lose that way, then set up Charlotte and Bianca or or do something where, again, Bianca to me should have been in there with Naomi for the SmackDown women's title. That should have been their WrestleMania match, and I thought you could make a move to do that because I think you need – I don't know how long she's going to stay in NXT, but – she is one of the people that more than a Gargano or a chomp, I look at her, I look at Keith Lee and go, okay, you know, they're more up. I, I can see Vince doing more with them, maybe not well, but I can see him no. maybe taking an interest <laughs> in them, whereas some other people maybe that he doesn't. And I think that there's a lot you could do there. now. <laughs> That's obviously not in the cards, and maybe that's because Montez Ford again. You don't want her to lose at, at WrestleMania if you, if she's got something on the ball. Yeah, Montez is over on, on Raw. So there's a lot of reasons why that wouldn't work, but there was a better way to go about setting that match up, which already caused some people to have some resentment, you know, overall to the match or to Charlotte. Charlotte, and we saw it this week, when she cuts that promo. <laughs> And she's got nothing to say. It doesn't help anything. And, Bruh, and they were telling to her to say, go back
0: to Raw. Like, you know how terrible you have to be as a main roster person, like, and terribly regarded, like, to, for them to tell you that crowd to tell you to leave. Like,
3: <laughs> so you
1: go away. And, and look, she's she is really i like her a lot i I like you know again she's charlotte there's a lot there that you can market use utilize all that sort of stuff but she has been like she's shoehorned they have shoe they shoehorn everything and beat you over the head but i mean it's like go back to the reigns thing like you were talking about on smackdown there's no reason to bring up anybody saying well you know roman some people don't think you belong in the main event if you look at SmackDown's roster, who belongs in the main event? Nope, there's right. three people. You know, <laughs> if the other two are wrestling each other, that leaves Roman. So it's like, I mean, it's just they they call back on things that, are, that, that don't matter and just end up hurting their cause even more. And I just don't think by positioning Rhea as the wide-eyed I wanted to be Charlotte when I grew up <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> and, and, and positioning the title below, I mean... I know what they're trying to do, but much like a lot of what they do, I can look at it and go, "I see what they're thinking." It's just the execution's not working, and at the end, they're probably going to be executed for it, and then blame us. And it's like, no, this isn't this isn't the way you want this thing to be. Now, once they get in the ring, you know, I I, I think again, Rhea's this is a big stage in Charlotte. I mean. I think when they do a formula match and they have time to practice it, for the most part, the women have done really, really well historically. I think they're going to end up doing that here. But I think like a lot on WrestleMania, once it happens in execution on the show, I think it's going to be pretty good, at least the main stuff. But everything that leads up to it, what comes after it, you know, the stock going in and out you know for 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 seven hours you know or however long you know x amount of time that their match goes it's probably gonna hum but everything else around this it's like you know again these problems are self-caused and they just keep running in the same circle
2: yeah i sometimes when this stuff happens with charlotte and all the stuff around charlotte lately like i think back to my initial thought once um once they had her, once they had Becky come out the night after SummerSlam 2018 and cut that, if I'm distancing myself from the fans promo, like it makes you think like, Oh my God, they're going to ruin Charlotte, the same way they ruined Roman Reigns, except they, they've, they're now coming to it. And it's been like, it's been like watching the Titanic, like basically come upon the iceberg, the iceberg. And you're just like, steer, Move left, move right, stop, go reverse, whatever you can, you are, you are keep putting yourself in this position in, you know, whether it was last year with the, they just gave her that title reign out, out of nowhere to make it a double title match for the triple threat match from her insertion into the thing that no one, that most people, most of the fans did not want. Um to her just being attached to Becky no matter what for the last year and a half to, (laughs) to now this to where like she wins the rumble to, to the detriment of Shayna Baszler, who is now like, you know, the challenger for the actual top star. Like, it's just, it's just like, God, I forgot.
1: It's like,
0: there's no business. Like, like she's not popping like quarter hours. She's, she's negligible on merch. When's the last time you ever seen a Charlotte Merch shirt? (laughs) Like I, it's, it is just like do it
1: with flair. It's still that one. Like that's the one <laughs> so you
3: know. from
0: 2014. Yeah, For somebody that is, you know,
3: a
1: star and is the face of everything, you know, yeah. I mean, that you can you can call that out. That's no problem. And you know, the Royal Rumble is a great thing to call out too because it would have been one thing if you got Shayna out of there in a different way to set up. Because I get she in some ways in Vince's world, and because they didn't plan well. You know, she needs some time to heat up. You know, I mean, she's, I'm not saying she's the Greg the Hammer Valentine of, of performers, but like <laughs> of personalities, but like you need to introduce her, lay it out because Cage Fighter is one thing, Rhonda's friend is one thing, whatever, but like she needs some time to marinate. And they didn't do that. They haven't done that with anything. You know, it's been everything's been fly by the seat of their pants. So if you're going to do that, what are you going to do at Royal Rumble to have her hit hard? They didn't, (laughs) you know, they didn't. And then they go give Charlotte the win. And it's like, I get why they did that. So you can choose Rhea Ripley. But like, if you were going to do that, there was a way to make Shayna look stronger, look better, set her up more directly with Becky, where you could have served all interests better. And they didn't serve either one better. (laughs) You know, they've only been hurt. And I don't think Shayna's bite going out there has helped Becky. I don't think. Vince, I mean, again, even if things were humming, I look at Shayna, I listen to Shayna and I go, I don't think Vince has got this kind of patience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what he sees when he sees her, but I know, I bet you it's not Charlotte. (laughs) <laughs> and that's you know, and that's it's not Becky, and that's like that's the biggest thing. So we'll have to see kind of going on and and how what it ends up being with, with all of these women with Sasha and Bailey. What are they going to do with them? Are they are they setting up their split for Mania? Is this something oh, that's going to be well? Because like, if, is this something now too? Because if they move this to June seventh or whatever date that they that this thing ends up moving to, if possible, you know, whatever it ends up being, if it's postponed, and it will be postponed when that happens is it a benefit because it's like how do you continue on the storylines edge and orton can kind of hurt each other and be out for a while goldberg and lesnar don't show up anyway so it's like you start looking at some (laughs) of the other stuff where everybody's always in the mix and it's like well now do you lead to bailey and sasha to try to make some hay out of the smackdown women's championship you know because you had you had at least you know before this past uh friday night you had Uh Sasha eyeing up Bailey's title. You know, we're such best friends, and then Sasha won't take her eyes off the title. Did that mean anything? Is that just did that just kind of happen that way? Am I reading too much into it? I don't know, but I know they don't have anything going on. So unless you're gonna do a six-woman scramble for the nine millionth time or whatever it's gonna be where everybody hits their move, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, (laughs) so so maybe this could be a benefit, but we'll see. And even if it is we've seen them screw up them how many times so it's like it's hard to have confidence there either
0: how you feeling about McIntyre because um, you know he's got the couple of times he's laid Brock out but I think there I feel like there are a lot of like dangers with him like as far as like as a lead baby face I, mean, I think they're going to strip him of his personality and then I'm looking at you know the show Uh, you know wh- what do you think like you know is, is he in a, a pole position to go ahead and just you know beat Brock do you see him as as a like, world champion type guy. Well, real quick before you get to that, Mike,
2: one thing that I, I've noticed is like McIntyre is getting the program that Roman Reigns should have gotten, as far as like the machinations and all the things that happen he's getting all of the things that would have made you believe and got people behind him in a way that like Roman should have gotten going in WrestleMania 34 like instead of getting outsmarted and maced and getting his ass whooped and like fake cops beating his ass left and right uh, he's actually going out there he's out here cracking uh, Brock and Brock is selling big for him every every you know and, and like he's actually beat you know threw him out the rumble and all that kind of stuff so I just wanted to point out it's like it's interesting to like they they screwed us up with Roman when you know that's what they should do with Roman, given that they were doing the part-timer whatever thing, part-timer versus full-timer thing, and what we're getting at right now with Drew and Lazor. So, sorry, Mike, go ahead. What were your thoughts on uh, Drew's, uh, you know, since going into WrestleMania, since winning the Rumble? You know,
1: somebody pointed this out, and I was thinking of this as you were talking. Think about how what Drew looked like, you know, when he first stepped into WWE. Remember that way back when? And even now, Mm -hmm. it's like an evolution of Harlequin romance novels of, like, the guy (laughs) on the cover holding the woman. It's true. I mean, you think about that straight-ass hair he had and that long-ass neck. Like, he could have been, like, a Finn Fabio on the cover of those books posing with all these women. And now, like, the women have gotten a little bit older, but so is Drew. He's, like, (laughs) the guy there, like... (laughs) He's gone from the evil guy in the Hallmark Christmas movie to being the guy that the woman looks for and, like, the kid can buddy up to after the dad dies because that's how all those movies go. Oh, on. man. But
3: like,
1: <laughs> seriously, though, like, they have done, they were running a, a, a dangerous line with him with turning him into a goofball, doing the comedy, doing the WWE thing, the the their <clears throat> shitty call-and-react, you know, that is just really cornball that, you know, that turns the... the Ah, shucks. Yeah, that's doing it into the suffering Succotash dude. Oh, God. But one thing they were able to do was they got the countdown over. Okay, that was good. They had him cut the, the interview, which was great because, in my opinion, that interview that he did... Erases the goofy shit that they were doing with him as like, hey, everybody, I'm gonna be your new champion and I'm in the main event, and that that BS that they make him do. I think the interview that he did kind of was a perfect dividing line for that. Like they told me, like I didn't think I was gonna be back here, and I came back here and I'm back humping again and this and that and the third. Like I think they did that right. He goes out there and I mean that could not have went any more perfect with Brock. You kill him once because Brock tried to sneak you. And then, as Brock stumbles up the ramp, you prove that you're as much of a, a bastard and a badass main eventer as Brock by you come back at him, you kick him right in the face again, and then you kick him again, and it's like perfect. And Brock sold for it perfectly. He goes ass over tea kettle. He's laid out. He's he's hurting. And finally, you know, Drew McIntyre, and they 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 did this with Alistair Black this week where they made him disappear. Drew. One thing they did with Drew McIntyre that was really smart over the last few months was. He would be out there in the mix. If something was starting to go sideways, Drew would just disappear. So he was never hurt. And it's kind of funny how in WWE, when you go out injured, like you come back more over. So they figured out a way to keep somebody on the level by not having them be weighed down by anything else on the show. And they protected him in a good way. And they were able to set this up. So it's proof that they could still do it. It's like pulling teeth for him, and it took forever to do it. But, I mean, they've done a good job with him. They've done a much better job with him in understanding him than they have with Alistair Black that I think they've lost the plot on somewhat in some ways. And And, again, they better be careful because you don't want him, and it's been well over a year now he's been on that main roster, so he could just be another dude. And they've been actually pretty good at – not helping him but also not dragging him down into the dirt worse and they better be careful not to do that with the O.
2: C. Yeah, it's been about three months for Alistair. And I just seeing what what's happened with Ricochet, I still wonder like why the hell couldn't they have just kept them as a tag team, like how you know, made them tag team champions and then had Alistair Black original you know, turn on Ricochet and go from there and have a mid card you know, or upper mid-card feud or whatever else to try to get both those guys over as opposed to Ricochet
1: you comes know, out. you know
2: why, you know why, and that's because Alistair's there
1: and Ricochet's not. And you see how one is looked at as a star, one is looked at as a top-tier guy, and the other is looked at as, I don't understand, why do people like this little peanut head, dude who flips around, like, why can't, you know, we again, how they've described him, he's a superhero, call yourself a superhero. I'm like, a superhero, yeah, you know, like,
2: it doesn't work like they got, him, they got they got they got ricochet to like 2018 no I'm sorry 2018 returning Finn Balor like in record time like they got they got to like the end of the Finn Balor era in like in six months almost or five months it's, I just don't I, I just don't get it it's like and I'm looking at this card like this even, I don't know even, man, this. I think my thing is like even if you don't believe in him Fine, make him your number three or four baby face, keep him him in a nice little spot, and then when there's a a heel you need to elevate put him into a program, have him embarrass him and beat him. And then the crowd will still have already liked him. Yeah. Like instead they just went out there and just take him off TV or, you know, have him get what thoroughly, the you know, thoroughly whooped by AJ Styles, except for the one time he beat him. And <laughs> then from that, got his ass whooped that whole program. Then he's doing nothing after, ever since of, of any kind of note. And now he's on main event with, with Cedric. And it's like, I don't, I don't see what's the use of bringing. If you brought this dude up, And you saw enough of him to try to give him a push initially. And only thing he did was not be a good promo. Then obviously it's, you know, they need, they need, they need like five rocks to make this shit go. They don't need like regular wrestlers, but I I just, I just, why are they so lazy? It's so, it's so annoying to see them be so lazy. And NXT don't like, NXT is like the Plutonic ideal of if you want to do this, wrest the wins and losses don't matter terrible, you know, nonsense of running a promotion, then, like, be just be NXT. I don't mean, like, as far as, um, I mean, as far as how you operate your storylines, you have they progress, in. you have out of nowhere things where, like, in, in, um, this ex machina stuff, like, oh, Raquel Gonzalez just came out there and just saved, uh, Dakota for no reason whatsoever, okay, fine, but... At least I can deal with that, and I got some, you know, I got a uh, uh, decent story as opposed to like the start and stop stuff that just like no one can ever get behind on that or get behind that kind of storytelling.
1: <laughs> Ricochet, here I don't, I I, I don't want to get killed by anybody in the Ricochet uh, the hive, but I don't look at Ricochet. Never did look at him as a world champion. Same with here. That, with that said, like not everybody's going to be a world champion, right? Like, like you mentioned, like. Jay Strongbow and guys of his ilk, like I mean, the the formula was to get to X, you had to go through these dudes. Gatekeeper, and like, yeah, and and for Ricochet to be that, there's enough titles where he could have won one and kept one going, and traded one out, and got into this and got into that, but been the guy that was a stepping stone, sure, but you got to give him some credibility, or what does it mean to step on him? And when you bury people, and when nobody means anything, and when everything's fifty fifty, when guys get the, it doesn't mean anything. And even worse than Ricochet is Ali, because at least Ricochet, yeah. and, and I mean it was the least, but at least was in there with Brock was, and if this will be erased from history. It already was on the, on oh the yeah,
3: airbrush. Scene.
1: But like the the kick in the nuts, and the whole reason that Drew got him out was that was glossed over. And I get that for Drew, and when you do the video package, but. They didn't even focus on that when he got to Saudi Arabia and then you know it, it's over, it's done with it never really happened.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like they're doing that. They should just release them, just fire them. Like they clearly have no interest. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah, but they, they they won't do that, and they you know why they won't do that. But like with Ali, it's like okay, everything that you say Ricochet doesn't have, Ali does. Ali has got more presence i think because of the the gear that he has he he radiates more than than other people i think and then definitely of ricochet his promos and again this is not to insult ricochet it's to praise ali have been on the money he's been creative he's been clear he's been strong with these promos the videos that he did on his own i mean the initiative that he took to do that his presence on how he carries himself out there you know on the real tip he's you know again he is a muslim he was a former co- i mean you can he's young you there's all these boxes that like you, if you want to check out and put, check off and put him in a situation he fits a lot of situations. i mean why would you not want to take care of this dude and he's on smackdown I can tell you. And, well yeah well he's on smackdown with bruce <laughs> pritchard and with Vince mcmahon as the filter and it's like we don't know what to do with this guy or whatever it is also, and it's like Huh? <laughs> in, know,
0: in, I, in this, it's amazing. In the side chance in the side chance that he does catch fire, you think they're gonna push him over Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns?
1: Of course, no. not. <laughs> of course not.
0: I mean, no. So they don't want that catching fire at all. Move no, on the way.
1: And it's it's an, it's unfortunate because they need everything that they can get, and it's like the Rob Gronkowski thing, and I don't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. And I don't have to talk about it, believe me. Oh, let's but talk about Gronk. Why not? Well, I'll just point out that, like, okay, so you're going to put him on Smack. Here's the next hot shot that you're doing to get attention and get ratings. And once you get the ESPN Sports Center clip, once you get him on, oh God, who would be shoulder programming uh, the Today Show fourth hour with Hoda and, and whoever the hell she's. Oh wearing. man. Once you do this stuff, once you do the corporate synergy stuff, once it's like uh, the Gronk, the Gronk, the Gronk against the Fiend, the Gronk against what? Once that's over with, what do you got? You got a goofball that a lot of people don't like with his stupid ass hair and his stupid ass face and his drunk ass self. And he can't wrestle. He's got a bad back, a bunch of concussions and is pretty much an idiot. Like, I mean, like, I'm hoping he gets in somebody's way, and I don't think this will happen in today's environment. And somebody chokes his ass out on the floor. Like, all I want is a story, like one of those boss rooting uh, Brian Erlocker stories, where like he just talks to somebody he shouldn't talk to, and is like pulled aside to say like This person's going to kill you," but nobody pulls him aside, and somebody actually just smears him all over the floor. And this is again, this is not that I'm pr- hoping that this happens to Gronk. But like this is this is where my brain is at with them bringing in another hot shot when you got all of this talent and then some on a roster that you couldn't build towards any of your you couldn't build towards you built towards Saudi in a way cuz you had to but you didn't build towards elimination chamber you're not building towards WrestleMania you're doing all this stuff just to try to get the cheapest of attention and it's not going to help you in the long run period point blank and I get wanting to go for the attention I get that but like this dude's gonna be a regular. He signed a twenty. He's he's got date. He's got dates more than just like showing up at the at, at SummerSlam or maybe being in the Royal Rumble. Like, come on, man. We're, this is not what we need
0: right now. That's part of the reason why I I really don't have any interest in WWE. Like, it's like. If, if the dude's gonna like actually become a legitimate wrestler, that's awesome. Where there's a whole history of like guys being uh, football players and then becoming a wrestler. It's like okay, yeah, go, be, of, go become of a is, wrestler.
1: Yeah, number. Yeah, you got Tito Sabatelli on the roster for how oh, long?
2: God, that that that's 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 different. How long <laughs> is your twenty four seven champion
1: be, been in the mix now? Oh, God. Yeah. You know, how long has Riddick Miles lost, been on the roster? A long, long time. You? Yeah, I mean, and this is all in some ways too. It's like you know what you're gonna get out of this, which is you're gonna get Mojo Raleigh. Like, I don't want to see, and this is no offense because I grew up around College Park. Like, this is nothing against Mojo Raleigh and his enthusiasm. And uh, he's a great company, man. I'm sure he is. Dude, I don't want to see you. I I, I don't want to see (laughs) you, your personality. There's nothing about him I want to see at this point. (laughs) They should have put him in a tag team, not with Zack Ryder a long time ago, if they really thought they were going to do something with him. And they never did anything with him. And now it's like, it's so predictable. Once Gronk is back, they have interest in him. Yeah. Once they don't have interest in Gronk, he'll go away again. But with Gronk being there, shit, that means Mojo's going to be there, and I don't have time for this. And I don't have time for Tino and Riddick Moss, and, and and no offense to Dio Madden, but he's another one that they're probably going to – if they do some football shtick with these dudes, it's like, no, 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 no thank
2: you. man. <laughs> like, I I don't really ha- have anything against those dudes. It's just uh... – I right, flat out don't have anything against those dudes, but the thing is, like, at a certain point, like, when are y'all going to, like, realize that, like, that's not... If they were so talented, they should have sent them to Evolve and let them work, get some damn right. work. And this is,
1: like, the AEW women, like, I don't want to hear this shit, like, well, they're young on the roster, we're doing that. No, why are you <laughs> not booking these people on indie shows where you need people? Like, put Nyla Rose should be working three days every weekend. She should get out of Wednesday and go, you're traveling Thursday. You're going to work here Friday. You're going to work here Saturday. You got uh, an afternoon Sunday show get experience every right. single last thing in one of them and not just them private party there's other people as well too because you're on this big stage why they they're not doing it i don't know what, use evolve like in yep. my opinion i don't know what they're going to do with gargano and i'm sorry to go off on a tangent here i don't know what they could do with gargano and chiampa but somebody need to retire that's the <laughs> thing is like, <laughs> like no Neither one of them want to go to the main roster. Right. Neither one of them could survive the main roster. Right. I don't think Triple H wants him on the main roster. Right. And frankly, I think if anybody goes up, it's going to be the undisputed era. And it, yep. it may, and it's going to be because that's why I think that's where Dream's coming in. Yep. And it's going to be Keith Lee. There's other people you can bring up. So I think Gargano's going to ultimately lose. But what I would do with him is stick him in Evolve stick him on NXT UK, stick him wherever you can so he stays working. He can do what he – you know he can train, but he can let that back go and let any of his injuries kind of subside to the side, and you can still utilize him on your brands, on your network, without using him on NXT. You can stay adjacent with him. You can talk about what he did on UK or that he cut a promo and he ain't going to forget Tommaso or whatever you want to do, but you can utilize him that way. But, like, one of them on the main roster, oh, no, 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 no.
2: Yeah, that that's has been finito. Even if I, I just I feel like one of them is going to have to lay it down um, after this. Like it's going to be you know, and I think it's going to be really Champa, but we'll see. Uh, I I really don't see what's next for Ciampa in NXT after this. After this, like was he going to do, get the NXT title back? Like that, uh, I don't really see it, but. Um, I forgot what we were um, talking about. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, so I was going to ask you because of how much you seem to have hated DeGronk. Gronk. Um, is the reason why you uh, – are you still holding bitter feelings to 28 to 3? Are you still holding bit- bitter feelings onto that? Have you let that go yet? So, Rich, what are you doing this weekend?
3: Man? <laughs> Actually,
1: no, and here's why. Because uh, one year on my fantasy team, I decided I took Gronkowski and I had Hernandez the year that they <sighs> – so I had both of them, and I can't I like I, I was decent across the board at every other position, but mm-hmm. like because you could always start. I mean, you get that option for that second tight end in there, and I would use him. And yeah, I cleaned up pretty good. So you know, I mean, oh, Super Bowl man. aside, like you know, I can blame it on Shanahan. You know, I, I can do that because I seen him lose another one and yeah. lose out of his hands. But hey, you know, it, it's it's that's that's on me. I accept that. That's not on them. I hate him for entirely other reasons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um yeah, I, okay, so uh, another point you brought up was the um the women in AEW, they need to uh go ahead and get dates and forget that they're young, they're young. Like that's one thing that for me is just this year in AEW. Um in 2019 the first quarter, um one thing I think th- you talked about how well they've you know kind of rallied the troops and you know cut some of the stuff that wasn't working. I think one of the things that I think a lot of people especially me um are happy to see is like they're actually giving them room to actually like be more than just people that come out and be caricatures at Russell. So like with Britt Baker and Tony and um Nyla winning the title and then cutting promos as this you know dominating heel um you know uh the back and forth between Britt and, and Swole uh, the storyline at play between Brit and um, Yuka with the you know the, the teeth thing. Like I feel like there are more memorable things that have happened out of this uh, in these three months than the first three months of Dynamite.
1: I agree. You yeah. know, I, I agree. I just they. I thought Hikaru Shida was going to be this more, but I, I I know she had to move, and mm-hmm. I, I I just. She's got experience. You know, yep. I thought Emi Sakura, I get why they. she was a good choice for Riho. She was not a good choice to the, I think, to the American fan base. Mm-hmm. And there were ways, I think, to inter- – and that's the thing. I don't think they've introduced these women as well as they they should have too with, a, with enough of a story on who they are right. and why we should care about them. And I, I just – I mean, I know some things with Caddy Wumpus right off the bat because I think they were, I guess they were really looking at Kylie Ray to be like Kylie Ray and Britt were going to be their people. And like Britt was going to be the really pretty one with the great, you know, side story that is going to need some work. And then Kylie was going to be the R. Bailey who could work a little bit and kind of work with everybody. And then we'd have Riho and then we'd have this. And it's like, eh. <laughs> you know, obviously nothing worked out in the way that they had really planned to, but. They just didn't put him in the right position. And I still am not sure that they're doing that. Like Chris Statlander is all the potential in the world. And I look at you, look at her body, look at her poise at this point for as much as she's wrestled, which hasn't been much. And it's like, okay, it's a big block, you know? And I mean that in the most positive way I, I really do, but it's like, and you need a big block out there with Nyla Rose, you know, because it's like Brock Lesnar. It's like, who, you know who do you, I know? This is wrestling. It's fake. All you know, whatever, whatever. But like, who do you think is going to beat? You know, Brock Lesnar. Who is going to beat Nyla Rose? You need somebody out there. And why they didn't separate those two, keep them apart, feed them both. You know, every jazz. Uh, I'm trying to think <laughs> of I'm trying to think of anybody out there on the scene that you could bring in and. Help them work and put them over. You know, this one in two minutes, this one in four, this one in eight. You know what I mean? Just, you know, however waters you needed to take them, you find that person to put them in with and keep them apart. And they didn't do that. And not only do you not do that, you had them go off for that face-off where Nyla cut a great promo. Finally, she's out there. She cuts a promo. They give her the chance to. It starts a little rough, and then she hits it. But then you bring out Chris, and then you bring out Swole. And this is nothing against Big Swole, okay? She shouldn't be there. And if she is going to be there, she's another one. She should be working Friday, Saturday. And I don't know if she's not or if she is. I don't know. But she doesn't seem like it. And she needs to be because she's not ready for prime time. And it's not her fault. I'm going to take the prime time spot and the money and the, the uh, exposure, too, if right. offered. With that said, it's for them to put her in a better spot. So a year, two years, three years from now, we're not going, oh, God, here's Statlander. Here's Swole. Here's, you know x y and z woman so uh, they they've done a better job with them they they focused on nyla should be the monster of the division that's how it should be Brett as a bad guy it obviously is working out infinitely better you know because she, she she's got it down i mean the cadence when she's screwing with tony I, as soon as I heard it on the boat, right at the Tony, it's like okay, <laughs> like anybody that's heard that, we've all heard that from that woman that's annoying, who's you're trying to get away from because she's trying to get with you or just annoy whatever. Where it's just like, hey, oh, yo, like no, get away. And I think she pulls it off perfectly. Now, again, the ring. You know the best thing they could do is bring in people and just put these people in better positions and get them out there working. I remember, and I, I keep bringing this up because it blows my mind when they were talking about Alex Marvez. And I listen to Alex every day for the most part on NFL Radio. I know what his gig is. I know he what he's writing. And it's like, um, are uh, asking around? Are they? Is he? Has he been in the box? Is he? He's going to be calling matches. Like, who's he working with? Because, like, right. before TNA, and this is the, you know, the, the story is because Jim Cornette went in and smacked the shit out of Ed Ferrara. But, like, you know, when TNA was starting, they, would, they went to NWA, like, wild side shows in Georgia, and it was Ed Ferrara and Mike Taney or whoever it was. I can't remember who was actually Don West. I guess it was because they had never done wrestling. Don West had never done wrestling. So mm-hmm. it was like, get him out there to learn. And it was like, well, is Alex doing this? I don't think so, No. And I'm thinking, well, he's on his shift with Gil Brandt from seven to ten. He's obviously, not, you know, for or, or whatever it's seven to eleven, so he's definitely not doing it then. It's like, and then they put him out there, and it's not good. And it's like, well, what? You know, I'm not blaming. And everybody killed Alex. It's like this isn't Alex's fault. I mean, it's like, it like, hey, hey, Rich, go out there and like, I'm trying. What is an instrument you don't know how to use? Like, go play the <laughs> harmonica. Oh, you're a musician, right? Go play the trombone. In front of these you know, (laughs) 60,000 people, it's just come on, man. It's like you didn't put them in the best – you didn't give them the best chance to succeed. And as bad as we jump on WWE for that, when AEW doesn't because of the people they have put in a position to succeed, it's tough. And the women is where – this is where WWE has got it all over them is with women. And it's because, number one, the lot that they have, but it's the amount of women that they have who, again, with different experience levels. Io Shirai is criminally underused, underrated – under, you know, all that stuff, underutilized, but, like, that's where she's at right now. Yeah, but imagine so. her on the AEW roster?
0: Shit.
2: Oh, my God.
0: I mean, I mean, look,
2: <laughs> she might be the best wrestler in NXT. I mean, if I were, if I were to pick one person in NXT, they go out there and have the best match you possibly can, given your talent level. I think she's more talented in the ring than Johnny Gargano, but it is what it is, and you know how I feel about Johnny. I love Johnny. Uh, but I, I think the thing for me is... When I hear about Oh, this person only been wrestling for five years, I'm like, Man, forget the five years. How many matches have they had? Like you look at the Statlander five year thing or or three years, whatever it is, and I'm like, okay, well, let's compare her to people that have worked in stardom for like three years and have, you know, like two hundred and fifty dates or whatever else. They're far ahead of them. They need matches to get in the ring. And like when you have Nyla, for example, when Naila, um did the power bomb thing to get sent out of the uh, promotion for, you know, you know, by as a punishment, being fined and suspended or whatever else she did the stardom she or she did a marvelous tour um, and she did three dates in one day or three matches in one day. And then you look at her 2019 so far, she's had like nine matches it's like, okay, so wait a minute. Um, the only day she's doing is AEW she's not being sent around to you know shine shimmer uh rise whatever else and maybe that's because of the wwn connection i don't know but like there's also other places other indies to go work at where you know where top indies and it's not there so i'm like okay so basically we're just gonna just wait until these people get good in three years okay good luck session moth martina is getting more time in
1: in more yeah. places, you know, and Doing this not to tag her, but it's like, you know, and granted, different situation, but she's working Eve and she's working ROH and she's working this one and that one and the other one. And it's like, again, yeah, there's that tie in with WWN. So, OK, you, you don't want to send her to Gabe. You don't want to send her to, you know, if you're you're not sure about stardom, but it's like uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro. I, I know that right. Kenny Omega guy's got a connection with DDT. Like, right. You know, the dojo life can be kind of important look at dakota kai look at you know a lot of uh, tegan ross tegan nixon yeah i mean you, you the women who have gone over there and stayed for a little bit and again that's the only way you get better is to practice and to iron sharpens iron and to fuck up and to get yelled at <laughs> and to get you know sometimes you get smacked i mean look i come from a different era of like football playing and stuff like that where it's like it's okay to get knocked down. It's, it's how you get up and what do you, did you learn anything? You know, again, the repetition that you get that you just can't get wrestling once a week on a Wednesday for four minutes, it it is not going to cut it and sending them over there. No, it's not like it's working with, you know, it's not like you're working in stardom. I get that. But like, Mako Satamuras out there, and again, maybe that's a, that's a WWF tie-in or WWE tie-in, possibly. I don't know where they stand, but I do know that you could send them over to Japan, have them work smaller promotions with women who are working every day at this, and how are they not going to get better? I mean, it's just, how are they not? Their levels are where they are right now. They're only going to improve.
2: Right. And, I mean, you look at so many people that they've signed in WWE have worked stardom or different places in japan whether it's like i mean you look at that whole entire nxt uk thing and it's like okay tony um ria worked uh, a couple shows in japan um uh, piper viper or piper viper niven whatever her name is in nxt uk uh kaylee ray um even even robbie brookside's uh girl uh zaya say is like killer kelly's worked sendai girls like it's isla don worked stardom <laughs> and you just look, and you're just like, okay, so. Send her they- to sorry, like so If you
1: don't want to send her to Japan, send her to Europe. Yeah, like Jetta is is you know it's she's not leaving to go anywhere from Eve. Like I mean, it just it, it, there's enough places in Germany, you know, I, th- there's enough places to go with people that you are connected with, even if it's mostly even working with men even it were a promotion where she's going to have to work. With, I mean, they're, they're training and working with men here anyway. It's like right. Chris Statler has worked more probably with Chris Dickinson than she has some women, you know, that uh, on the indie scene, you know? Right. So it's like wherever they can go to get it. If, if the concern is, well, you don't have anybody or there's going to be a political issue here next. I mean, in Mexico is a little bit different because again, now you're, you may be confusing them working from the other side or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't think, Anybody that ever got sent down there got that confused, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. the, the level of women is not as high there. I mean, th- things have kind of changed, but there's – don't tell me that there's not options because there are. I mean, look, who knew who Private Party was for the most part? You know, and that's – if you follow the indies, if you follow Evolve, ROH, New Japan, you know, if you follow other promotions in WWE – you still, didn't know, those, you still didn't know who Private Party was. You didn't know who Nyla Rose was. So you're finding these people and bringing them to the, to the forefront. Take care of those people who are on the roster because, again, Cody's going to screw up at some point. You know Jericho's going to be gone for a while. This isn't going to hit. That's not going to hit. Your main stuff isn't going to hit. But if your other stuff is humming, if your women's division's going good and your mid-card and your lower mid-card's solid, well, then you give yourself a little bit of a chance to breathe.
2: Yeah, I agree, and uh, you also look at the almost every single week the lack of amount of time that the women's division really gets. They get like seem, seemingly twenty minutes tops per two hours of show. Like clearly, they know they're doing some protection there, and I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, just uh, I'm not necessarily uh, upset that you know they're doing that level of protection, given where they are as wrestlers, most of them, but. I always, I always had the same feeling, just like okay, eventually they're not everything is not like the big things they do is not going to be great, and they're going to have to rely on something else eventually. Like they're going to have to like you know, quote unquote, you know, um, wrestle or, or sorry, uh, fight with with the with the left hand, and you know, maybe maybe the back pocket thing is like they just focus more on tags and trio stuff, but like. I don't think they can go to, all right, well, let's have have a second. Four
1: people in the match, the shitty match that falls apart, is still worse than two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't think they're going to go to, I don't think they're really at a point where like, okay, well, let's go to women's wrestling and have a second feud going on on the same show. That's not going to happen. It's like, all right, well, they're not going to get better if you don't get more opportunity. And (laughs) I don't think you want to learn on the job on TV. I don't. I think I always thought as a bad preposition. Even when they do that with Lacey Evans or whatever, or Dana Brooke or whatever projects they've tried to do, you know, pull them out of NXT before they're ready. Either
1: two more great yeah. examples. I mean, two more. And Rich, I'm sorry, but yeah, two more great examples there of people that you, you didn't put in the best position that you could have maximized far better and far more. And uh, with the women, yeah, and AEW, it's so again, it's like. Yeah, forget about a second (laughs) women's feud at all. I mean, you know, again, if you can't pull off one and just, again, it comes back into what do you got them there for? There's too many people that came out and said you shouldn't even had a women's division. That was bad. That that was bad to start with when you had people that, like, were respectable enough people going, like, you don't have enough to start this. Have matches, not a division because you just don't have enough to keep an almond yet.
0: So they have been um like using AW Dart a lot to you know like have more time for you know the women's wrestlers and also like to scout uh, a lot of different women. Like they're pulling people I've never seen ever. Like they had someone named a I believe, wrestle Hikaru Shida this week and I mean it's like this is clearly the weakness like for, and it's like, if you know, this is your weakness. I don't think you need to just like bend over and try to make it your strength all in one wop. Like you need to just make sure you're doing what you're doing. Like you're coming up with a process to, to be, to eventually get the right results rather than jumping to, Hey, we're just going to start overexposing them for, for the fuck of it. Like they're like it or not, they're in the middle of ratings war too. So it's like, you know, yeah you're yeah. gonna get one shot like yeah. there's there's gonna be one slot or maybe two like on dynamite like that aside from that they've got ancillary program right. programs for that
2: right right and uh, they do utilize dark i um, i i my thing is they need to utilize outside of just dark to get this done or maybe whenever they do whatever they do with this secondary show or whatever else like maybe there's more youtube shows i don't know but uh like six six wrestling matches in one i mean six or six wrestling matches um through the first quarter of the year for Nala rose on from AEW ain't gonna get her where she needs to be or where you know or where they want her to be anyway um they're gonna have to outsource that same for brit same for um i don't know who a swole same for i mean shanna's pretty good uh I really think, like, they, they know where their, it seems like they know where their core is right now. So, like, they're ahead of where they were last year, comparatively speaking, obviously. But, all right, if that's what you, if, if these are the people that you're rocking with, good, fine by me. Pick somebody and figure out how to make them as successful as you possibly can. And I think that comes down to, you got to get them dates, like, like Mike said, outside of dynamite or dark. In a hush balls over the room. <laughs> um yeah, I got a message I was trying to see uh what that was. But um anyway, Actually, I think we'll talk. I will be right back. Sorry. Alright, no problem. <laughs> give me like give me, like fifteen seconds, I'll be back. Alright, no problem. Sorry. All right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm trying to think of other stuff from just these even talk about right now. I mean Hangman
0: Page. Hangman? Okay. Hangman Page and um I guess uh, you know, he had the deal where they they beat Matt Jackson or excuse me, laid Nick Jackson the fuck out and uh, he basically said the Bucks weren't gonna be his partners and this guy's a superstar. Like just every week it's like he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and of course, you know, with the coronavirus thing he sends that letter out. Um You know, just just fucking hilarious. Like saying he can't like take drinks from anybody anymore. And I just think he's so um, he has such a great command of the room and knowing who he is right now. Yeah, um,
2: I I want to see what happens when he's in a singles feud um, again. Um, Okay.
0: He wrestled Pac, but it was awesome.
2: (laughs) I said, no, 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 no. well, maybe not match. I mean, as far as a program, uh, I want to see, can he go from having the quote-unquote mid-card program to having the main event program? Or, like, can he be in the number two spot on a card, like, in, like, basically, like, the Cody role lately? Um I wanna see like that's what be the next progression. Kinda like how we talk about with uh Kishida, not Kashida, but uh Sonata and wonder like alright, well like what's next for Sonata? Like you know, like we need to get this one belt off of Night Hill and make you know, try to get him towards IC champion type thing this year. Like that's what his twenty nine that's what that's what the goal for twenty twenty should be for like Sonata. So like the twenty twenty goal for Adam Page to be like can he like be in a feud in a and a secondary number two feud, singles feud, or whatever else with somebody, and I think that's obviously going to be the Kenny thing when they eventually break up. But um, I wonder if he's there yet, or if he still needs even more time than where we are now. Because like it, it, you know, for a while it felt to me like, or before we got to. Um, revolution. It seemed like we were primed for he's going to turn on Cody or whatever else, or not Cody, turn on Kenny and go towards this thing in the next pay per view. But obviously, you know uh, they're going to continue letting this thing play out until eventually one of them turns on each other.
0: So, how are you feeling about this this um, this tag team and particularly Hangman pay I mean, we, we all pretty much know like what Kenny is about, and you know he's whatever. But uh, the whole thing is, uh, I think you know with Hangman. It's really compelling to see how he how he has the arenas like going nuts uh, right now. Like what, Mike, what are you thinking? Um, you know, with Hangman, like what's his twenty twenty kind of look like?
1: It'll be interesting. I mean, this is another one. If you look at the end of last year and the, where they were going, they had to get Hangman right, and they didn't get him right from day one, and they had to fix that, and they have fixed it. And Kenny Omega. You know, a lot of people, and I was not Mr. Kenny Omega in Japan or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, I look at what Finn Balor did there as more revolutionary. I think in some ways what AJ Styles was able to do getting over there was in some ways more impressive. So I always set Kenny Omega up against those other Bullet Club guys. Now, match-wise and all that stuff, athleticism, you know, unmatched. But, like, I think the best thing Kenny Omega has done – in his time in AEW was getting involved in the tag match with Hangman Page yep. because he's an executive of this company and Hangman Page, forget about the Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega who were the people that were going to be the real stars going forward of this company. Britt Baker, it was going to be obviously Kylie Ray Pac, you know, at least for as much as they could get him for, you know, America and for the UK, he was going to be key. And obviously Hangman Page, you know, this is a guy that Hiroshi Tanahashi loved that that was going to be a cornerstone of New Japan's, you know, the foreigners in New Japan for years to come. Obviously, that didn't happen because he goes with AEW. So, OK, he's going to be a cornerstone of AEW for years to come. And it didn't happen. And things slipped up right from Jump Street. How they've gotten it back, I think, has been, they, they've it's been a yeoman's effort. They have not slipped up. They've they put in the work to, to kind of build him back up, and you just sometimes need one thing, and that one thing was that cowboy shit. And, <laughs> you know, the performances have gotten better, obviously. How they've teased him and Kenny has been great to the point now where Kenny could turn, the Young Bucks could turn, Adam Page could turn, but here's the one thing I don't do. I don't turn out a page for nothing, you know, unless you got a really great story here that you are going to push him to the moon and he's going to be your new Jericho, you know, for whatever time he's going to be that dude. That's the only way I turn him, you know, and I wait till he gets to the the peak of where you can popularity wise and then let it slip. But I would ride this for as long and as hard as I can, because you want him to be your baby face superstar for forever and a day. You know what I mean? And I think he can be, you know, but if you need to have him go to the dark side again, you got enough baby faces there, I guess. Now, if you want to do it short term, but I wouldn't, I, I would just leave it alone. But I think no matter what they decide to do, I think they've actually got some heat and some steam behind them enough where people believe in them and their fans are back to really, it really, their fans believe in him because all of the New Japan fans, they believed in him. You know, if somebody was coming over from ROH, they believed in him. There were some people that probably didn't see Adam Page all that much in relation to some of the others and now they get it. The character, they believe in him. He's not just the, you know, the fifth wheel, you know, uh, of the elite. He is, you know, in the driver's seat or at least people believe he is and that's how he's he's looking at himself and that's easy. Hey, look, nobody wants to get down with a loser and that's another thing that WWE always forgets about 50-50 and all that. It's like, you know, at some point even if you're an a-hole whether it be Trump or Mayweather or whatever, there are people that will just ride with you because you're winning, because they want to be associated with a winner. And so at some point, you have to give people that and give people a reason to rally behind you. You know, win, lose, or draw. I mean, that shit matters. It's win.
2: Right. And I think. I think more important than, you know, the drinking beer thing is like cause everyone I mean there's a long history of people drinking beer in front of crowds at wrestling shows from from look from from the top, from the pinnacle of Steve Austin to the bottom of Sandman but who's <laughs> there yeah, uh, in the crusher I mean we can go back years right, on this there's always right. somebody getting drunk you dated yourself but <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old now I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking drunk here <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh but uh I think the fact that like they put him in the makeshift tag team and I mean you had the makeshift tag team of Kenny and Heyman bat- batting around even like the one of the first two episodes of Dynamite when they had that tag match with Pac and, and, and Ambrose that was great. Or yeah, hot man me Ambrose, but whatever. And Moxley, whatever. So he uh you had that and you had those roots and then like they get into these matches and Regardless of whatever happens, at the end of it, Hangman is going to get the pin. Great. Kenny doesn't need those wins. It's a tag match. He's a, he's a, like, he's a great wrestler. He's already established to that crowd. The person he needs to show and prove was Hangman, and Hangman goes out there, and normally he goes wild at the end of these matches and wins these matches or whatever else, so like This is, this is the, the push. And it's worked out splendidly. Like, I'm glad that he drinks the beer, but at the end of the day, like, he goes out there with Kenny, they have kick ass matches, and at the end, he goes wild and he ends up putting people away. It, it's not that hard. Like, the last person in WWE you look at that, like, became a huge star or a big star. At the top of the company was this woman named Becky Lynch, it was because she went on a win streak by putting people in there on SmackDown in the middle of the ring with her finisher, eight weeks in a row, or eight straight matches and singles matches. This isn't it, booking is hard, but it ain't rocket science. So I I I really love the the Hangman thing, and I just wonder if we can take this to the next level, or if it's like, all right, he's just gonna be like him and Darby. Is going to be like the two guys just underneath, or I'm just wondering if I just I'm just curious if either one of them break, breaks through all the way to the top of the card and if their fan base will buy them like in the short term as opposed to years down the line. Like, can Hangman be a potential championship title holder like you know in the next year, or is it something where it's like, nah, like you need to get Hangman or not Hangman, you need to get Cody in. Jericho and Moxley out the way before people will actually buy that. I don't know.
3: I
1: I don't think you need to get them out of the way, but I think you just need to I would ride with them until I can't anymore mm-hmm. because you have you have a, a Jericho MJF dynamic if you want it. You obviously have the Cody MJF dynamic. You have the Cody Uh, Cody and Moxley down the line at some point. You have these names in the mix. You got Omega still, obviously, who you know can turn it up against any of them. So with Page, it's it's gonna just be a matter of timing. As long as he stays strong and in the mix, which you would figure he will, as long as he is credible, people buy it because like you know, Adam Page can beat Chris Jericho in a good match. I'm certain of that you know that match should be put together by jericho it would be good you know omega can because at least just physically you right. know can page keep up with him to x amount no he probably can't but he wouldn't have to either and you know probably it's going to be an excellent match you know you put them in there with these guys with Pac again you, you do that match again in this environment with what people know of both of these guys and their characters more developed you know, I think it bangs a lot harder. So, you know, him and swagger, eh, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a reach, but that's good. You're going to have people like that. How does he, how does page perform? You know, he's, if he's going to be a world champion, how's he going to make the guys who you have to have matches like this, you know, Sammy Guevara for his experience level for his inexperience, his pages in some ways, like, you know, how can he make him look? So, I think he can be that dude, but I just think you're going to need the story because you have these other, you know, big huge shadow stories that, you know, from these big huge figures that you got on your roster that just unfortunately they they overshadow him right now and this is where this is where if they wanted to do something again go back to the past and make a title count. This is where your national title, US title, intercontinental title This is where it should be strong, and this is where you should have one because you have Adam Page with that belt against this person, that person, the other person, Pac, same way. It's like if you had that and you actually have a title that means something and it's a real stepping stone, then you can have him mess with that or you can have him and three other guys, four other guys, mess with that in the mix for months on end while these other guys are in the top mix. And then you can have one of them ready and always kind of like dribble them in and out by like sliding them up and down. You can always have a big six. It's just, you always have that one last spot open to keep rotating people in and out of. So they stay credible. And I think as long as pages in that mix with those other guys, I think you're going to be all right. I just think even two years down the road, it just may be too soon because of the environment, but that doesn't mean you can't keep them strong. It's, hey, you can have as many stars as you want for as long as you want, as long as you keep them stars.
0: It's funny. You brought up the secondary belt, and I thought that would be the spot for Cody. Like, since he can't win the world title anymore, uh, give him that second belt. Let's do, like, a tournament Wait, final, Paige and Paige and Cody, and let them go to war.
1: That would be the instant way to, to, to – You know, make sure that that title's got steam on it, and make sure it's credible by putting it on a Cody. Because you say, I mean, the greatest example is Shinsuke Nakamura with the Intercontinental Title in in New Japan. Mm -hmm. It's just the it was the ultimate. And the feud with Sombra, you know, Andrade. Now that was one of those things where it's like, okay, this belt can be. This is going to main event other shows. Shinsuke is such a star that he takes the belt up, and then he defended it as if it was oh heaven forbid important. (laughs) Because it was a championship. (laughs) So, you know, once you do that, then great. And Cody could be that dude. He can e- easily be that dude. and It doesn't have to be forever. He doesn't have to hold this belt and look at it with like sadness that, like, one day I wish you could be the world belt. No, he just does that <laughs> until he loses it, gets in a storyline with somebody else for a while, and then wants the other belt again. You know, it's like in, in WWE's world, he'd be looking at that belt every day going, well, it's not worth it enough. I want
2: the world title. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: they would run completely opposite what you're supposed to do with it.
2: Yeah, I I'm still... <sighs> A secondary belt's cool, and I've heard them talk about uh, how they want to, how they're trying to figure out what they want to do because they want to figure out how to do stuff like potentially a secondary belt without feeling like a mid card title, uh, which is like, well, if best Rio. of luck, best best of luck, uh, but.
1: I, <laughs> I had um, world television title used to be looked at as a world title on television because that's what they said. And Arn Anderson went out there and said, this is so important. I'm going to defend it all the time. And right. it this matters. And it's like, it's going to matter if you make it matter. Like there's six man titles. If you, I mean, I could see that coming for them faster than I could see anything yes. else.
0: And but that's, it's that's like, my, that's what I wanted for and, and that's
1: the thing. And they'll do it. And like, in some ways I'm actually for it because I, in some ways I kind of like having, Factions and units that you can – it just gives you more flexibility and more dexterity in your booking, I think, when you can have some units like that. But uh, to me, you can't get over the top with it. But they could – I guarantee you they would treat that belt like a main event belt right from Jump Street. So if they could do it with that, they could do it with anything because there has not been a six-man championship to matter in this country unless you lived in Dallas you know between 82 <laughs> and 85 or you lived in Charlotte in for a little bit in 86 you know what i'm saying with yeah. like with the road warriors and dusty had it like against the, the russians and that's been it like from there like if anybody's going to make a, a trio's title work in it's the them. states
2: it has got to be them i don't know who else it could be and it's also relatively easy it's like i, I mean given given think of you know the elite inner circle um, the the death triangle now best friends orange cassidy um Let's see what other factions Jurassic have.
0: Express, Jurassic Express the
2: right? Like you have all these places, and then like you have all these matchups of, or different mismatches between the two bigger factions, like Inner Circle and Elite, or Elite adjacent. When you know you can throw out QT Marshall and Dustin or whatever else uh, to, to be obviously, or for QT to come out there and eat a pin and go out there and you know basically have the worst fucking Sasuke special in the, in the history of the fucking sport, and then go out there and get pinned. Fine, but like I. I watch Stardom and I see their trios titled matches when they you know care about them and how you know they do multi-person tags so often on these shows and or even just in Joshi tags in general and different you know um, Kirk and Hall shows and like you watch these people fly around you watch people fly around and beat the shit out of each other and you're just like this is easy this is simple and I mean you look at the Joshi match they did at um what was that Double Nothing uh, yeah. Asha Kong and it, yeah like you see how like easy that was to, to, to please the crowd and like they weren't killing themselves to, to, to have a, a match that the crowd loved and they did that and it's like okay simple just do it really simple have the young bucks and Kenny win the trios titles have Kenny have to choose between Hangman and um and the Young Bucks, or you know do more of that? Like that's a simple. I'm not saying they need to do that, but like that's a some something that like is right there in their face if they want to do that with the trios titles situation. Like it's they come up with they they put themselves in so many positions of flexibility to like get themselves out of things and into things that it's almost like almost feel like they have too many good ideas at sometimes like when their shows are kind of especially in the beginning, in the first few, like, 9 or 12 episodes, whatever. I was like, they almost have too many good ideas for their own good that it muddies up what they're trying to do because they're trying to fit so much stuff in. And now, like, they pared it down. That's why the show is better. But, like, I feel like they, they're they they're always thinking. That's how I feel.
1: You know why they have so much dexterity, too? Is because they're booking wrestling. They're not yeah. writing wrestling, which gave them the ability at the end of the year to do and that's one of the things, too, where it's like, I'm in a catch 22 position because de- depending on how you want to look at a YouTube video that was cut from Observer Live or whatever, it's like I'm either this boomer who's old, who's stuck in the past, who does a show <laughs> on a network that's got Jim Cornette on it. And because, you know, and we hear this if you're John McAdam, if you're Jeff Bowderin, if you're me, it's well, because you're on. The Arcadian Vanguard Network, and there happens to be two Cornet shows there where you're all all the same. All you all care about is that old wrestling and your Mid Atlantic '82 and '83 and fuck you and Dusty and all that. And it's like, <laughs> you know, one, my titties aren't as big. I don't want to talk about my splotch like that. But you got to remember that, like, all of these things that you're watching right now were built upon that. Like what Cody right. is doing, he's doing his daddy's thing. And if you right. look at Cody, he's just like his daddy where. He's the best baby face in the world. No, he's not. He's a heel. He's just playing a great baby face right now. And he is booking himself in great positions. And he's he's burning through stuff like his daddy. I mean, (laughs) there is a whole lot of daddy to Cody. And that's a good thing when it's humming. But that's what it is. And it's like there's something to learn from that stuff. With that said, I'm also not that old. (laughs) You know, it's like. I, you know, I get what's going on today, and it's like you're in that spot where it's like, for me, it's like, you know, are you too old or, or are you not having enough fun with what happens, and then you say something positive about AEW, and then you're just buried because it's like, what about psychology? What about this? What about that? It's like, come on.
0: Yeah, like I think Brian's segment the other week about, like, the differences between the WWE and um, AEW fans, I feel like me and James mm-hmm. have given some version of that speech, like, almost every week for like a year now.
3: <laughs> I mean,
0: you were doing that back when like it was the aid you know the main roster
2: uh, people that like hate NXT because NXT gets got the praise it has gotten over the years compared to yeah. the main roster. Like we've been doing that ever since then. So we've been doing this since like I don't know when did Johnny Go Singles like 2017ish.
1: But the yeah. only thing I had with Brian was like he completely dismiss those people that and again i've had to feel it and he feels it and he knows it too where it's like if you say something about aw fans because it's a different set oh yeah and a lot of this comes you see it with the rating where it's like if something happens like wwe is to the point now where you hear but well man you would figure people who are over 50 would care about the news they do but the thing is what wwe has left of their fan base like right they That's are it. that diehard and hardcore it's like nxt that number did not move on right. wednesday night didn't you know, it go up in the second hour I, I think it may have i mean i know yeah. the overrun you know helped to to push that yeah. up but it was
0: AEW whatever. fans are much more likely to be in touch with the rest of the world like sports or events know, and culture and-
1: From what I've seen, is that is true, but a lot of them connect with that outside world through Twitter, through Instagram, through Facebook, through uh, forums, through Reddit, where yes, they do have more of an idea of what's going on. They more are more, they comprehend more of what's going on, and maybe they want to dip into that or dip into the sporting event that's going on, but they're also looking at it in a completely different way because of their age group and they look Mm -hmm. at things differently. They get offended much differently and, and, and much more quickly, you know, the rage gets built up and things swing much more wildly. And that's something you got to watch for just in general, as they move forward, because they do have a newer base. You know, I worried about them with a lot of their gilded fan base that they have. If they're not traveling to your shows anymore, then what you know? And mm. I thought they had to be very careful initially because they built a fan base that was wheeling dealing to travel. And sure, I'll show up to go you know Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend and this and that. It's like well, you know you know some people grow up they only have two weeks of vacation and they got a family and limited incomes and stuff. And like when that hits, then what you know when the when you're not hot anymore, then what? And I think they're doing a good job kind of building a lot of that stuff up, but they're also building a base that is wildly different than anything that anybody else has had to deal with and it's kind of a a new and wild frontier so you know are they going to be able to how much can they because one of the problems with like a nyla rose is okay well let's maybe we can play on this real life aspect of something you know of her life of being transgender can we play this into it? and it's like i don't know can you because are you going to have enough of your base that, that is for this and understands that you're using it as a storyline and it's it's still a show and it's still a storyline or are they going to get too pissed? They get too pissed over somebody losing, much less using actually using trans because have they really said that on the air? Have they said she's transgender? How much have they used Sunny Kiss? I mean they and I'm not saying that like hey. Experience level Sonny Kiss shouldn't be there anyway, in some ways. He should only be on dark. He should only be, you know, working, you know, kind of the perimeter. But, like, hmm, you know, there's a lot of fanfare, like, to your fan base online with Sonny Gate, but then you haven't really utilized him much. You haven't told his story. You know what I mean? Like, you haven't even done that. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see how they play kind of everything because they got a much more sensitive base. And I'm not trying to rip it or anything like that, but I see. I see how they react to things. I see how they have reacted to me saying just something simple. And you get like, somebody says you're racist. Somebody says you're not racist. Somebody says you're sexist. And this is all the same thing. I got, I've been hammered for stuff on both sides. And it's like, wait a second. I didn't even think it was that bad. Yeah. I got two people saying, listening and hearing something completely different. They are hearing what they want to hear other than what I meant to mean. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's like, they have more of that and more of an emotional base. And it's how they're going to, it'll be interesting to see how they lasso and maneuver and harness that because one of the biggest parts of pressing booking and where they've done it well is you got to steer your ship. You have to give them enough of what they want. So when you have them strapped in, in the car, when they see that terrible thing coming on the off ramp, they're going to stay in the car and not jump out and bail on you because (laughs) sooner or later, they can see some light at the end of the tunnel and the end of the road. And they know, okay, we're moving in that direction. Whether you, you know, you you pull a hard right at the last minute because you need to take, you know, Omega here, or you need to take Cody here. That's all right, but they're steering it better, and they because of the pro wrestling aspect, they can do that, and and that's where that's one thing they have all over WWE. WWE has gone so much in the other direction that they write themselves with their seventy riders into hell. Whereas you have more flexibility and dexterity with what with what AEW is doing. It's just their base is different. WWE's base. They're insane, and at, <laughs> at this point, the the one point five million or whatever whatever the number is for the network, that's truly your your base. You know, everybody talks about two million, one point nine nine. You know, they see that rating viewing number and go, well, that's it. No, the base is the network. But if they're still willing to pay, if they're still willing to stand in there, I mean, that's one thing that AEW does not have yet. They don't have that core to that level that is not going anywhere. WWE is battle tested that way. If nothing else, they got 2 million people that are batshit crazy that will give them any amount of money to fall back up.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's something that's going to take what, I mean, it's going to take years, but maybe even, maybe even a decade, but I I do, I do enjoy the fact that like, I don't feel like when I watch a television show, I don't feel like I have to, like I'm being fought against like with my, my, you know, sense of, Decency and, and common sense, as opposed to watching the main roster and just be like, "What? Why? Why? Why?" And you know, NXT is like we talked about this earlier. Is like they, you know, they'll 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 do they'll you know they'll they'll completely like throw away Tegan in and Dakota to you know to try to get over uh, Raquel you know from time to time. We'll have one of those. Like, but it's just like at least at least when they do it on nxt like i don't feel like that's half or not half the show most of the show is like trying to push acts that like aren't never gonna have a shot in the presentation that i'm being given of them getting over ever uh as opposed to you know, wwe's like oh god like another oh aside from cooking, like the
3: cucking, forgotten
0: right? sons aside from the forgotten sons for like the last three years
2: mm Mm. But think about how, but we taught Mission 2, and we and actually it wasn't even, it was two years. But still, like, let's go, if you want to go through it over the last two years, we we don't really have that much of it. And honestly, like, the Wars. thing is Lars. Lars
0: was 2018. 2018. Yeah. Keith Lee, his first match in, didn't he? I remember that. I was not happy. <laughs> was that his first match in? Keith Lee's? Or a bunch of like early matches. Early. I, I remember, being, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those ma-
2: look the uh, the last Keith Lee in um in Lars match was pff, slobber knocker. Like, I, obviously, you know, people make the joke about the five star Lars thing, but like that dude ain't stiff, or that dude is not a stiff. Like, is it somebody I want to see on my screen? No, but like that dude can could has something to him. Uh, like, but he's too far gone now. You ever see him on your screen being stiff? Is, is that is that, <laughs> you that video? Um,
1: we just I heard the about move. the video. I did not see it. Did pause button there? That's a uh, that's terrible.
0: That's but terrible. overall, I would I would agree. NXT would would like um they that like there's clearly a um a Quality system. There, no, there's clearly a system on, on who they choose to use in NXT and who they don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of funny too. <laughs> it was like when they brought up uh. Uh, chelsea and diana for, for uh that, oh that one God. show and it was like well why did they use them it's like well because they haven't been on xt tv it's like well okay i can sort of get that even though i always thought that was stupid but then why are you giving them entrances and whatnot like acting like there's somebody if you're just gonna beat them and send them back down oh, again sorry. now they're on tv so what does that mean you can't bring them up to the main roster anymore it's like right. i don't know and i also look yeah. and this is no offense to to my dude there from jersey what's his name um is green now. uh Oh God! He used to be the DJ, not D, not DJ Z, but the other dude,
0: wild. E. Oh, Robbie E. Robbie
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. E. With the, the new role, it's like I'm sorry, oh, Robert I,
2: Stone. Robert Stone. That's what it is. I don't know, Robert Green. Chelsea.
0: I didn't green, know. I didn't know that what that his gimmick
2: was before NXT, so I, I didn't know.
1: It's like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't Stoke know. Stoken's see- right there. <laughs> I see, I see right Bronson there. Lead out there. I see Bronson out there missing that thing, and that thing is Stoke, and Stoke is right there. And right. what else does Stoke Lee need to prove? On you know, and I, I know there's probably people there that he's a manager, he's this, he's you know, whatever. But it's like I look at him and I, I see a talented dude. I see right. what he's done. He's you hilarious. Know, with, well, yeah, with video over the last, and this isn't just now. It's when he was with Game Changer and doing stuff with with John Carlo whoever. Like he was doing it with. It's like evolve stuff. Yeah, I mean, I th- just I remember seeing him in ROH, and I went to a tryout camp thing. I got invited there to watch, and it was he was one of the people, and <laughs> they had him there. They had just started the Ramon thing with uh with Moose, and it's like, why is this brother called Ramon? Number one, number two. <laughs> Because he's doing this preacher gimmick and he immediately starts to match off. and He does, you know, the hand extends the hand drops to the knee, you know, the, this, every slimy heel bit. And it's like, he's, he's animated, you know, you could tell he hasn't wrestled all that much, you right. know, but it's like, what? And I just, I mean, I had to say something then. It's like, why are you, why are you Ramon? Because that's what they want me to be. Okay. I was I was baffled. I had to ask people, I'm like, why is he like well he's small, he's this, but you know, we like this about him and that, and then it was just like, okay. <laughs> you know, and then obviously Moose left. They lost Stokely, he ended up going with Evolver. or however that worked exactly. I I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but it's like you know, I I, I see him there and I say, and again, this is nothing against Robbie E, but I look at Stokely and I think of Bronson Reed out there who has impressed, and it's like man, this is a combination that could work, even if you don't think it's prime time. Like, Kenny Bolin and Mo Green had a life in OVW. There are managers who never make it to the mainstream that, like, can help dudes like this and be that animated guy for a dude who can't talk because he's somebody you signed to the PC who used to play football or or threw a javelin or whatever nonsense people that you got to come in there. Like, you can utilize this
0: man. Right. Maybe he can manage the Gronk. <laughs> oh, stop it.
1: but I tell you what it's like you know a guy like deal Madden who they send back down if he was going to be a wrestler and it's like I although he could talk but like you take one of these dudes who like who you know isn't worth a damn out there talking and it's like I mean again like I'm not saying like just back to Lars Sullivan for a minute before we found out all of these things about Lars like you have a monster you have this crazy dude much like you Umaga like mm-hmm. You know, could Fatu talk? Yeah, or whatever. It was. I can't remember was last. Name. I think he was a Fatu, but it's like, dude, was he? I can't remember now. I can't, I can't remember.
0: remember. Eddie, I think his name was Eddie Fatu. Was
1: he Fatu? Said. Okay, yeah. The fam- I messed the families up. I don't want to get beat up because they're all Samoan <laughs> and big. But it's like you know, well, the guy like Lars is like you. Bring him in with a, a mouthpiece like Stokely and then have him turn on him like down the line if you want to turn him into a, you know, put him on his own, whether good or bad. Like everybody's always beating up a manager. So it's like utilize these people and no offense to the characters they got out there as mouthpieces, but I bet
2: Stokely would be better. Oh, yeah, he would be. And, and it's just like when they brought in uh, Leo to be the mouthpiece for Lashley uh, two years ago and it's like or roughly no, about a Eighteen months ago, whatever the hell, two thousand eighteen, and he was just like Lashley was dead, was DOA. He was done. He was wet dope, and and you saw what happened with Leo bring some breathing some life into him, and then like it was just time to get, or in their mind, it was time to get rid of him. It's like okay, so now what does Lashy do? Oh, he's he's doing that with
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because Lashley, I've been talking about the person that always needed the help because. I mean, he always needed a manager. He always needed something because he didn't have that something. Right. And you, you look, he's a zillion dollars. He's a great athlete. He's a great guy from all accounts. Like, there's all these reasons why he keeps getting these chances. But, again, like, Leo was perfect because on top of, of being the great mouthpiece and adding some color and some dynamic to him, somebody's got to get their ass kicked. Right. And it's hard. To, again, it's like the, the Brock thing. It's like, well, who are you going to go up against Brock? They still got Lashley. Why? Because he looks like that. You yeah. know what I mean, but so it's like who can beat Lashley's ass? I don't know, but I know we can beat Leo Rush's ass. You know, it was like the whole thing with like you know the Cornet or the thought of Cornet with you know back in the day or or Paulie. Like I can't beat Rick Rude, I can't beat Dennis Condry but I can beat that dude's ass. <laughs> or, you know, at least that's what they wanted to make you believe. Right, and I think, Leo fucked you up quick.
0: He's just he's just small. Oh yeah,
2: and and I think another thing with like the Leo thing at the time was just like. I thought they had to play with because like he was such a great talker, so charismatic. And he would go out there, he knew how to piss you off. Lashley, Lashley. <laughs> but ha <laughs> right. And then and then the thing is like in his matches, it would be it was be such a easy such an easy pop for he comes out, he cheats, you get pissed off, you go out to outside. He's so fast and quick you can't actually get your hands on. That makes the crowd even more upset about the heat. And then eventually you get your hands on this fucking fly and swat him out the air. And the crowd pops. And then you know, you know WWE language. Obviously that means Lashley comes and spears you and then beats you. But whatever else. So like, you got that payoff of that or that catharsis of this annoying fuck just got smashed and it was awesome. And then they, you know, then they took him off tv and and now you know he's in 205 live or, or not in 205 live, or he is, is in 205 live and on nxt and he's having matches that like lashy never has but whatever like
0: and he's not happy again it doesn't seem yeah, like he's I mean, appearing and putting like messages from the notes app up on twitter again oh yeah yeah i mean
2: if you're if you were that talented like think about it like i've said this before to you rich like he's black mysterio like the dude's fucking incredible like, if I were him, remember, like, I think the deal was uh it was $300,000, allegedly, was a deal that he offered him and he turned it down. I would have turned then, it down, too. Right. If you're that kind of talent, you're like, can you imagine him in AEW Wrestling Park or, or Phoenix? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, I like, look, I would turn that down, yeah, too, and I would be because
0: a- I realize a- how w- good good am. Fan. I hope Leo Rush gets free one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does too, but I hope he's ready when he does. And that's the thing yeah. is just, yeah, you know, you, you've got a rep behind you too, whether it's deserved or not, whether you, you know, whether it's even true or not, doesn't matter. You got, you got some people that look at you with a little side. eye, like, you're going to be here for the long run. Like when things get rough, like everybody can quit, you know, everybody wants to bring their family with them. Everybody wants to do this and that, but like, when things are hard, are you going to hang in there? And the reason I don't bang on him at all is because of the environment that he's in and the fact that he is young, and I know where he comes from. I know people from there. So it's like he's looking at things with a different perspective than I think. And I think, in general, people don't give dudes like Leo Rush – they don't look at things from their perspective or the possibility of their perspective, but – I don't know also what dude's got floating on in his mind, you know, as far as pressure he puts on himself or any limitations that he may have that way, you know emotionally or any of that sort of stuff, so it's like I hope when it does happen, I hope he's ready, I hope he's in that good place, and I hope he's where he needs to be because he is that dude, and he would be in that promotion with man, you see him as a babyface as a as a baby face teaming with Darby against two. Dude, can you see him with Sammy just being the slimiest thin boy tag team you've ever seen in your life? You know, I mean, you just you put him in positions of like, because he can just go and he can just do amazing things. I mean, you put him under a mask and you make him Black Mysterio or you give him something where at some point he's going to come out of that mask, obviously. But like you bring him in as like yo, who is this dude? You know what I mean? And I bet you get over like a zillion dollars. I mean, the opposite right. of what he would be the superhero that that WWE thinks that they can make <laughs> with Ricochet or think that they have with him, you know, <laughs> they would actually make with a Leo Rush. So it's like he's the sky is the I don't want to say is the limit with him because I think there is a limit on him. But boy, right. you know, the, 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 the height limit is there right now as far as the width of what he can do with his career and how wide he can make his bank account doing it. That's a little bit of a different story.
2: Yeah, like, I think he's somebody that can come out there and on either side, hill or face, from what I've seen of him enough, in the the work he has. Like, he's somebody that you put on a card, and and he's a utility guy, and, you know, you can beat him because of his size, and then he can get a couple wins, you know, as a baby face against somebody um, that of some type of caliber to set up a championship match where he eventually loses. Like, there's no reason why he couldn't have gotten, like, you know, that Darby spot from... um uh in november against jericho or you know i don't know beat somebody and like get a match against i don't know i'm trying to think of some of these other uh recent like or uh scorpio sky like he could be somebody in that spot where it's like utility player up and down the car in trios doing whatever else because of that level of talent and um it makes me think of a lot of these people in these situations especially him because of you know his mouth it makes you think of like all right it's one day. One day we'll see, and it'll show and And I like. I hope he c- hits the ground like Moxley did.
0: Yeah.
1: By the way, Scorpio Sky is a reminder. Of what happened to his singles push? And that's another <laughs> thing that I think AEW again. It's it's what some of their fan base. And I don't know if I have to tell you. I've heard other people point this out. You know, a, a lot Where of are have, the black people have their own opinions on yes on how they they decide to push uh brown people and and how they feature them on posters and what one word was said you know early on about how we're going to feature these and and market mm-hmm. people and and put them in creative positions and all this yeah. sort of stuff and at some point and again they you know they made a lot of grandiose claims that i think people if you looked at logically oh we're going to man the mid south fancy love man you can't hire Sonny kiss the Young Bucks uh, this, that, and the third and go, well, that old Mid-South is going to come seen. running back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, so you had to take it with some grains of salt, but you understood like, if you read between the lines kind of what they were going to do. right? But one of the things they did talk about was the the, the level of diversity, and they, they initially started with some hits, and they made it look good on the surface of, mm-hmm. again, bringing in Nyla Rose, bringing in Sonny Kiss. It's- you know, we're going to feature Scorpio Sky. We're going to do private party. <laughs> But it's then, there,
2: okay. you know. I but believe yeah. it's there in their women's divisions, in their tag divisions, but their singles, men's divisions. Nah, it's it's which it's, it's
1: historically, it's, it's really yeah. And I, again, historically, this isn't even my fight to fight. I don't have to because everybody else is going to do it. You know, it's historically we know what this is. <laughs> you know, whether you want to say it or not, it it's. It's going to be even if you don't mean it to be. Uh, they're sure there's going to be people looking from the outside and go. You can say what you want, but if there's nobody there, you can right. say it's it's all honest. And Cody is the bigger star, and this is this, and this is this. But like, okay, well, who's who's the hangman? That's not hangman. Who else are you building up here? Where else are you going to scout people? Where are you? Fi- I mean, why is <laughs> the
3: just
0: not matching? This be off. Like I was like you were I fucking this dude for months on Twitter, and nothing like i'm like,
1: all right why was
0: eddie kingston not signed from jump
1: street some i mean i don't nobody can tell me why like he shouldn't be on the nwa and that's no offense but like even if he's not a long-term guy like that mouth and the fact that he's worked with all of these people whether it be chakar or something it's like That's just one of those he's just one example of dudes where it's like, and again, maybe they did offer him, you know, something and he didn't take the bag or whatever, but it's like I don't think that you did. (laughs) And I and I'm not I'm not bashing your commitment, but I do have a right as a fan that's watched for a long time to have some cynicism.
2: Yeah. That's that's where I sit the whole time watching it. I'm like, okay, like you have Sunny Kiss, Scorpio Sky. As far as far, far as black wrestlers and or black male wrestlers, and it's like, okay, like I don't have these worries about your women's division. I don't have these worries about your tag division um, with Private Party and the Lucha Bros and um, SCU. Like I don't I don't really have those those sorts of uh, concerns. And then you bring in you know uh, whatever 8 or Triple Triple uh, uh, wrestlers you guys have from time to time. Uh, I think they need to bring in more, but it is what it is. Um, but when you see, you just look at, like, all right, what's the top six in the in the men's division or whatever else? Or you look at their, you know, those standings or rankings that they put out weekly, and it's like, yeah, um, all I see is white people. <laughs> all I see is white men, like, this looks this looks really, this, this looks like a real, like, uh, forum for, like, Eminem is greatest wrestler, rapper of all time, uh, thing right now like, just all these pictures, <laughs> it's like, okay, alright like, and don't get me wrong, like, most of them are doing great work, so I'm not, I'm not knocking at it but it's like, there are so many talented wrestlers that aren't just white men in this world, I watch them on all these different places, like can you, can you just trip over one in, on accident
1: I say this is sports, right? You're, this is a simulation of sport, still to AEW. That's how they're they're playing themselves is different than WWE. Yeah, great. Look, let's look at sports. That's not <laughs> that's not hockey. So now, if you want to be hockey, you can put a ceiling on yourself. That's understandable. But from there, let's take a look baseball with with how many. Forget about black people. That's a brown man sport. You know, how many Dominicans, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, like, have you reached out to you? are in Florida. You know, you got a market for anybody besides Phoenix and Pentagon. Like, you know, again, and then you look at every other sport and it's like, where is the representation here? It's not even close to being equal. And there are people out there that you could sign. You're signing people on levels. I mean, look, you've signed Swole, you know, yeah. with, with her experience level, like, there's other, there's, I mean, uh, well, AR Fox is, I guess, linked in with Evolve. So you can't, yeah. be, but again, there's, there's a whole
0: pipeline.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's great examples out there, though, of like a zillion people you could, in theory, bring in if you wanted. And at some yeah. point, you got to make the decision on what you want to be to all of your base. WWE has ignored theirs, and they're, uh, they pay for that, and they're going to pay for it more and more as time goes on, too. It's just you can't shit on a base for as long as you have without at some point at some point something's gonna give
2: yeah like I think me and Rich, what I was saying like, oh, yeah like me and Rich were talking about this Oh, um, at some point earlier in the year um, in, oh I said probably at the beginning like the first few pay-per-views for, for AEW and you listen to like alright look at Lucha Bros come out look at Private Party come out um, Scorpio Sky and look at Nyla Rose look at um you know the Joshi's. and then you would see like they would come out for and you would hear the the soundtracks to these mm-hmm. um to these shows or whatever so, like it's hip hop influence or whatever else and it's like okay like they're going towards a younger, younger younger generation slash like they realize like you look at the streaming charts and you see what's actually what people are actually listening to and then you go back and you watch NXT or WWE and it's like Smackdown, Smackdown's music is like some fucking knockoff ACDC shit, right? And then, and then you look at NXT and it's like oh, Slipknot, like, look I like Triple H's taste in metal but bro, like, how much metal are you gonna put on all these TakeOver soundtracks? Yeah,
0: I'm yeah, <laughs> I remember being in the crowd at Fighter Fest and it was just like it, during every intermission, it was like they was playing something that was hard, I, I, I don't remember like what they were playing, but it was just like the theme song for it and it was like, oh, okay I, I like how they're rapping this and it's
2: like you kind of you kind of get a feeling of like for me anyways like okay some of these aesthetic choices are on point like there's some putting of putting of uh, your money where your mouth is in that situation as opposed to like WWE is like yeah they'll hire up a bunch of us but
0: <laughs> but won't do shit with them right. Right,
3: right. yeah I is... mean they
1: hired Dasha. But okay, so you have a a woman of I guess it would be either Spanish or, or Latino descent that is doing your but ba- but where else is where else are your announcers where's uh, your media people where's anybody and again it, it's not just on the screen it's where's anybody behind it and and I you know again this is not to. I don't know what everybody's background is, you know, I don't, you know, I think Alex Marvez is, is, is Cuban. I, I, if I can't, if I remember, right. I'm trying to remember, what, but it's like, I don't know anybody's real background or anything, but with that said, like the diversity has got to be also more than just in the ring too, because then that's what starts. That's why the Rooney rule was, was really put into effect. And granted it's been bastardized and everything, but it's like the idea was you had to see these people and maybe yep. like, Somebody signs him on as an assistant, and maybe that person makes it to be a coach, and then that coach brings in other people. And like the the problem, obviously, was this was supposed to move up the chain and get into front office, but again, that type of stuff some some has always got to drop like and it either gets pushed over or you knock it over yourself and they should be knocking it over themselves again because once you start bringing in other people with other ideas who look at things differently they help to look at you you know help you look at things differently so they've got to start doing some of that i feel of course now me talking about this it's like everybody saw the eddie murphy saturday night live i'm sure when like you know all right, Chris, let me just piggyback on what he said.
3: <laughs> but it's like,
1: <laughs> you know, that's what I feel like. But it's like you look again. <laughs> I don't know. I guess everybody comes from somewhere different. I've always looked at WWE and how they have treated their black fan base and their, their you know, me- basically really their Mexican fan base more than anything. February was, was like a bad Sorry. month.
0: Yeah, it's like... Like, bro, like, it, like black people went over everything in WWE in uh, February. And-
2: Bianca lost, Street Profits lost their, <laughs> uh, their match on pay-per-view, uh, Naomi was in a title match, she lost. It's hard um, to tell this to
1: the mainstream wrestling media and the people in the general where it's like, because Bruce Mitchell takes a lot of hits for it because... he be kicking he it real. He will at least say it, yeah, and, and great, regardless of what you might think of him, Like or might think of what he's saying or he's being the one that says it, it's like he's speaking truth because there are people who believe this whether you believe it or not, does not invalidate their opinions and in fact, history is on these people's side because if you were treated and your characters were treated in the same way that these people have who have real life every day got to deal with this shit, so they can't even escape into their escapism because then they're locked down there too and get slapped in the face or spit in the face, You know, I'm sorry. This shit's got an effect and it does not breed. If nothing else, it's not going to breed any confidence in you. And it doesn't breed any want for me to separate myself from dollars, because when you come with your hand out to me, you know, I'm going to ask you why. You know, who looks like me? What what looks like me? What sounds like me? That's been one of my things with AEWs. You got Griselda in the front row every single show. Yeah. Maybe you ought to utilize them for music because some of your music besides Jericho sucks. <laughs> oh, yes. You got MJF, but, like, you got, I mean, I'm sorry. It's sorry. It's, it is. And it's just, like, utilize this more. Give me something. And I get it. You don't. Look, Tony Khan's got like, all the money in the world. You can get somebody to do something original. You know what I mean? Like somebody can make some beats. Somebody, if Jim Johnson could come up with like, like he came up with Steve Blackman's, like if you can't even come up with that, like come on,
2: somebody <laughs> get some flavor in here somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know where to take this from here, but yeah, I I agree with I I hundred percent agree. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, especially the part about like uh, most of AEW's music being trash. Like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Like is it just like a oh, thing? Is this yeah. just like a thing where like wrestling O'Turner Turner just has to have bad music in general? Is yeah, that Russ is that like a general. thing?
0: I, 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 I don't know. I think I disagree with like the the overall trashing of the AEW music because yeah. the
2: um. Well, like, I think we're at a spot. I think we're at a place now where like most WWE too, like most of their music, like like ever since we got that Nakamura, like it's been it's been kind of like garbage yeah because
0: yeah. sammy guevara's music super hard the loser bros music is hard the Dude, new oh, oh, bros oh, music oh. Is hard.
2: okay do me a favor pull up the lyrics of sammy guevara's uh <laughs> uh, uh song like he's right rapp- what he's rapping about sammy guevara as sammy guevara comes out last two on the nose
0: what's that's the big deal oh huh? okay darby <laughs> allen's music is hard that's yep that's music is hard i don't well, know that's, I'll but, give but, but, but darby. that's grandfathered in that's not aew's actually exactly
1: music. yeah I'll, I'll give you hangman i'll give
0: you darby i'll give you mjf i'll give you Vick's jericho hard carl shida's is hard rio's is not right. good okay rio's is rio's from from
2: forever ago like that's hers from from gato move slash uh tokyo joshi pro um same thing with yuka sakazaki how they they changed her music and brought it back. Uh, I'm trying to think, Nyla Rose music la- takes forever to get into. Hikaru Carlos music takes forever to get into. I, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Kenny, I like Kenny's. Um, the Young Bucks it is the are- Young Bucks has always been the Young Bucks. Um, Jurassic Express. Like I think a lot of it also comes down to like, I don't know when this changed or whatever else, but like these songs don't have people like singing or rapping on them too. Like so, I also think if this feels, feels like. Okay, so this is just like some generic what, shit. Mox is new-
0: hard, huh? Moxley's is hard.
2: Yeah, but Mox is also like a, a, a really deep play on like his Ambrose stuff too, with the rev up at beginning too. So like I and and I also it's not it's not as I'd rather I prefer the in, in the New Japan Moxie music too. See, I
1: had like six of them. There's like again seventy two others that just no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, let's have a private, a private party. A private party. You are right on the nose. You hit you over that, the fucking the head. Example. You don't fucking get it. You dumb motherfucker. <laughs> it's a private party. It's Like, okay. Like, you may. As well, you know what? If that wasn't their music, they'd probably be like, shots, 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 everybody.
0: That's clearly what they're going for.
1: Yes, that yeah. 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 Who the hell? Were, I forget the name of that group, but that's exactly what LMFAL. I think of. shots thing. It's like I don't know. That's not a party I'm trying to go to, and that's not a private <laughs> party either. So let's stop with that. Yeah,
2: I was it L M F A L, Right. That's what that was. Well, yeah, I was about yeah, to yeah. say
1: 303,
2: but it, it was just whatever new version of it. It was 303. Yo, you brought me back. Yes, that was like <laughs> the old Doctor Luke stuff before, like he got himself in
3: trouble. <laughs> oh man.
2: Um, I mean, I. I mean, we just banged on AEW's music. Rich defended it. Um, I don't know. I don't know where else to go. Um,
0: well, I mean, Powerful's music is hard too. Uh, it's cool. I don't love it. It's that's cool. The thing, yeah, I
2: don't. I don't know. I, like there, there are some. There are very few that I like. I guess that's really more the main thing for me. And like a lot of them are just like either too on the nose or just like oh, there's no music. Like I like Loser Bros a lot. Um, I like oh you know what I do like the new one with uh the death Triangle I love that music <laughs> uh so I, so like not all of these are misses but I feel like just in general the whole I, th- I, think, story, I think I think
0: I think I think it's overblown like on oh the I didn't uh... know I didn't know this was a thing online oh
2: yeah oh, okay I thought I thought it was just like my my personal opinion and like you know but I mean a, look, look, Sean Spears
0: hard. Yes, yeah, nah. cool.
2: Um, it sounds like a logic song.
0: You know who did it? You, you you know who did it? The dude oh. that works in NXT, the, the little dude that that raps for NXT, Oh, Josiah. He, yes, he he did the. Uh, Sean he didn't get fired visit. for that? <laughs> nah, why would he get fired for that?
2: Why does anyone get fired from WWE for some for <laughs> political lines? Because they're petty. <laughs> Good for him.
3: Trying I saw him
2: um, at the Jacksonville show. Uh, the all-woman show. I saw him. Um, he was doing Ring Duty or whatever else. So I told, I asked him like when he did Because that was like uh, a couple weeks removed from when uh, they won the um, won Survivor Series. And they mm-hmm. did the intro thing and he made his own little custom song about how they beat the brakes off of uh, the main roster. I was like, mm-hmm. so did you record that? Did they have it? He was like, yeah. Um, I recorded it. I don't know what they're going to do with it. And then it was like, oh. I liked it, so appreciate you. Those bro. be the breaks. Yeah, yeah that's how I felt. <laughs> like, you know he does that Russell rap stuff, and like it's good stuff. I, I enjoy the stuff for you know, obviously for the you know the perspective of he's trying to lay out a story or whatever else at the time. But dude's obviously talented, but what what utilization do they have when they got him bringing Slipknot and and, and uh, Poppy to, to to play in the Eel Shirai yeah. and in in uh, Adam Rose Adam Rose. My God, Adam Cole all the time. Ouch, Adam Rose. <laughs> Ooh. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mike. Appreciate, appreciate <laughs> you coming you no, with hating, this show. No way, Jose to that. <laughs> oh man.
3: <laughs> but, but yeah. Another,
1: I'm sorry, here's another great example. A person of color, just as an example of like, so he can dance. Like I remember when they signed him, and you see Valenzuela or whatever dude's name was, and it's like a big
0: motherfucker it's like he's a big oh i know you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. he's like he's got
1: a look it's like he's way early in the game so that's bad but like he's he's big and he's he's got a good look to him he obviously can move he's got footwork obviously if he can dance his ass off and it's like i remember sitting there looking and it's like i wonder if they're gonna make dude a dancer damn if they didn't make this dude worse than a dancer (laughs) he's just like he's the head of a conga line like i i it's just i don't want to say it didn't blow me away because that's what they do but it's like you needed another Adam Rose. You had a cheeseburger suit that some idiot had to fit in. So it's just like, what does he do? <laughs> he dances, and hey. it's like you can't blame Vince for this one. Like this is a this is a Triple H, this Triple H, and NXT. And I know what he was probably thinking: like you're going to be on the main roster with this. But like as soon as you gave him that name and that gimmick, like, oh, yo, you're you're no way Jose for the rest of your damn life. So. <laughs> Start getting beat, and like you'll be the first to dance your ass back to catering every day, so I guess you got that going for you, but
0: brutal. Hey, last question, Mike. Are you the exalted one? Uh, Can you imagine me being the exalted one for
1: them? Can you imagine...
0: Hey, I just I am trying to cover all bases here. You know? I,
1: right, I kick Steve Grayson right in his nuts first thing. Like if you don't have Putin, then I have no time for you Quebecers. Get out of here, both of y'all beat up the young boys. I'll bring in Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin to beat them up. <laughs> I'll I'll be I'll be Captain New Japan, except the good one.
2: <laughs> so so I mean in that situation, um you would then get a check from AEW so then you can match what the internet believes of Meltzer and Alvarez. So then you'd be like, look, I'm same, same club. We all in the same task bracket. Now what? Man, have we, uh, man, if you got that, I mean, I've seen almost, I've
1: seen whether it be Sean Radican, Sean Ross Sapp, Alvarez, Mel- as soon as there's the one thing about, well, you're on the payroll, like on both sides. It's like, I've, I wish I was on the payroll. I <laughs> wish I was on the payroll. Because believe me, the, this ain't cutting it. <laughs> so, I, I love I love every Brian that I work for and everything, but like between that and shoot jobs, like, you know, I'll I'll take a big cushy paycheck. I'll I'll come out to your bad music. That's no problem. Like I it's we can negotiate anything. Come out there, and laugh with a
2: chick, you know, it it, it ain't nothing. <laughs> Buy us hey, out. Look, man, I can't wait to turn this to the Saudi Arabian wrestling podcast network ba- on behalf of WWE, and we do like you know whatever amount of podcasts uh, per two shows per year. I Can't wait. I tell you, here's the one thing about that AEW money too is I'd go out. I could only lie for so
1: long before I'd have to like I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. But then again, I've made nothing stretch, so I can imagine. I just need a couple of checks to clear, and I'll probably be. That's I'll be lotto rich for at least a while. (laughs) I I got enough to buy scratch offs and do a couple three team parlays. When sports comes back, I can make this thing work. I
0: just, I can do this. Yeah, man. (laughs) All
2: right. Well, let let them know. Yeah. We appreciate appreciate you you doing the show again, Mike. So let them know where they can reach you. uh, Get your plugs out. That's probably if you want to just punch me in the face after
1: this, I can be booked for that too. Uh, at Semper Vivi on Twitter is the easiest place to get to me. S E M P E R V I V E. Know your Latin. Always alive. That's what that means. I swear that's what that means, even though I don't feel like it most of the time. At Semper Vivi on Twitter, I do radio shows. I'm available for hire. I really am. Uh, I'm independently contracted. By Brian Alvarez to do Wrestling Observer Live. I am on with him every Sunday through Thursday, Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, he also does a show with Jim Valley on Fridays. Jim's got the show on Friday on his own. That's all part of the WrestlingObserver.com, Mighty Empire slash F4W online empire and website. So you can find out all the information there. I also, because I have to talk about so much modern wrestling. Uh, I got into my feelings bag and, and started to explode and needed a way I could vent and 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 look at things in a positive fashion. I do that by crawling back to my youth, and I do a show called the Mid-Atlantic Championship Podcast, which you can find at MidAtlanticPod.com. It is a member of the Arcadian Vanguard uh, Network. We go back to the WWE Network and review old Mid-Atlantic Championship Podcasts as they appear on the network, as well as adding some contests and some historical value to them, kind of let you know, what is going on in the rest of the world at this time, why some of the things you see on TV are the way they are, and because it's the WWE Network and so many things are edited off or there's an overlay over, or an overdubbing going on, we let you know what was taking place there as well as playing promos from some of the other shows that they had going on, whether it be East Coast Wrestling, Worldwide Wrestling, or Maple Leaf Wrestling, which they still had up until 1984. So we we talk about all that stuff. And from there, the Adam and Mike Big Audio Nightmare, which you can also find at the WrestlingObserver.com website. Our muse is Japanese wrestling, but we talk about a whole bunch of everything, which is going to make a lot of sense right now, while there is no Japanese wrestling or nothing the hell else. So you can at <laughs> least catch me there and all that sort of stuff. And that was a that was a long plug right there. But I, I got shit to do, and I need all the money I can get. So I got a cash app. Uh, it's the dollar sign vivi. Uh, PayPal, paypal.me backslash, I think it's Sempervivi, but that's you just DM me on Twitter if you want to send me money. We'll figure out a way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I watched some of that Mid-Atlantic uh, a couple months ago on a random. I love the theme music on that show. It's like dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun.
1: Uh, you know, it drives me nuts because like Don
0: Ray's got to have lovin' is just it's a it's a great
1: theme and it's such a ridiculous theme for wrestling. But like as annoying as the overdubs are like when you compare it to some of the other stuff, like it's obnoxious. But like Jimmy Valiant's music kind of sort of fits him. And what they use for the Mid-Atlantic show is far better than some of the music they've used for other stuff. So I won't complain too much about it.
0: yeah. Yeah, JYD's um overdub on the that, network. Hey, that's
1: a great example.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh speaking of
2: um the big audio nightmare, like um so like uh, y'all talked so much about how good Jay is, Jay White is, and like I saw it at the beginning of 2018. He's so honest. Oh, I'm man. still on it because it's even worse. Yeah, so the dome out, Mike.
3: Worse. Twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, maybe it's time for maybe next time you're old, we'll have we we'll continue the conversation. Maybe we'll let this play out more and more. But I, I'm sorry, like don't I, I, up I, the dome. Oh, okay. He had a great match. However, like if you think of semi-main events in Ooh. recent uh, King or Russell Kingdom history. Like it was man had enough. a story to tell. He had a story oh, to tell in story. that match. He always has a story to tell. What is yeah. he ever gonna just wrestle and and, and, and not do the bullshit? Like <laughs> like okay, I have a question. If they did a Jay White versus Cody match, does it ever end?
1: Man, I, why are you looking at it? Dude, do, do a Jay White Larry Zabisco match and ask if it ever starts. Oh God. I oh, mean God. Look, oh, God. look, that's the whole thing. And I, I love the stall. I like what they're. I like the pieces that I like the path that they're on, and the pieces they're putting into place. And I've seen them lay this path out before, mm-hmm. and in different ways with Finn, in a different way with AJ, in a different way with Kenny, and this is a different way with Jay. And Jay, I, I the one thing they have to be careful about is pushing it to the point of apathy. But they do a very good job getting the most out of people booing the shit out of this man and wanting to (laughs) punch this man in the face and I think it helps I really do I don't think you know they always play up the fact that people are storming out and leaving they never are and they're there and they're in rapt attention but like how they've been able to how they've been able to play that up to me I think has been good and I think ultimately when given a chance to either because something's going to give with the Bullet Club and either he's going to take it over and be the real leader of it or he's going to split off or, or, you know, something's going to give there mm-hmm. because I still don't think he's had the chance to because he hasn't. They haven't given him the staff and say, go, you know, they they put him in a tough spot with Kenny leaving and they went ahead and they did what they did. And I don't think a lot of people thought it devalued the belt and it was going to do this and that. And I thought like a lot of what happens with what Gato does and what New Japan does, it's overblown. It's like, let it play out first because usually it does okay. And I think even that turned out okay. And I just think when it comes time, here's the thing, when it's not, when it's time to drop the bullshit and it's, you know, you're going to go out there and not do the stall and all that sort of stuff and just left up to his own devices as a worker, he's going to score. And I think people don't like the shtick and the bullshit, but I think they'll come around to the, if they're not really around to the dude now, they'll come around to the dude. And I think the people that like this dude that don't like all the bullshit and hullabaloo, man, they're probably the ones that also didn't like it when he came to anybody else with the Bullet Club and just want to see this dude out there being him. And I think I think that's there, whereas I think with some other people, you especially like in WWE and stuff like that, when they're put in positions of being – you know, ramrodded, per, you know, purposely to also get a rise out of people, people, you know, they'll either push back or be apathetic. I, I, I honestly think the New Japan fan base, I think when given the chance to see Jay White as Jay White, you know, and not just a tool for Gato and not just a tool period, <laughs> you know, I think it's actually going to come out a lot more. I just, I don't know. I Maybe I see something that's, that's there with Jay White that other people don't. I, I feel that way a lot because you're not the only one, you know, he's a, he seems to be a 60-40 prop where 60% of the people don't like his ass. 40% of us are going, you're not seeing it, you know, and 60% are going, yeah, because they ain't there. <laughs> you know, It's just, we'll have to see the way it plays out and
2: goes, but I think I think he's in a good spot and I think they're in a good spot with him. Yeah, I see it, right, because, like, he's, no, he's not a bad wrestler by any means, but... So just knock off the bullshit and wrestle, or at least knock off half of the bullshit. Like, I don't need the matches filled with this. The same thing where it goes with Cody. It's like, I don't need my matches filled with Gaga. It's okay to do a spot here or there. I don't need it to be like literally every single, you know, transition in a match from the, to get to from the first act of it to the second act of it to the conclusion. Like, just get the fuck out of your own way. <laughs> do one thing or two things and get on. Like, I, I just, I just hate that stuff so much. It's like, this obviously I'm not gonna be like this is this isn't wrestling because clearly it is, but it's like this isn't a wrestling I enjoy at all. Was like Cody, it's like so much shit is going on with Cody. Cody Cody Cody's match with MJF. I don't think I don't think y'all like killed it enough for the fact that like <laughs> this right. man MJF bladed off the fact that Cody kicked him with a bootless shoe. Yeah, that was not good. That yeah. uh, that no and, and you knew what they I mean <laughs>
1: I don't know. I that's that's one of those holes. And yeah, I guess maybe, maybe should have jumped on that more. I mean, that match I didn't there was I didn't even touch on when I reviewed that show on Wol. I didn't even talk about Dustin and Swagger because oh, there was God. all this other stuff to talk about. Like that was ended up being good that I kind of right. put both of those right. You know, right. on on the back burner. But I mean, when it fails, here is one thing: when it fails with Jay White, you know, if it fails, there is at least a, a bunch of other safeguards there. Like when Cody. Something's not going to hit, and when it fails, it's going to be spectacular because there are these all these moving parts that, like, with Brandy and DDP out there, and Arns out there, and you got people on the other side because they need
0: to be. Oh, they got people in nightmare family jackets I ain't never seen before,
3: Mike. Yeah,
1: and there's an entrance going on, and here's the dog, and what is this? And like, there's so much shit where when it goes south one day, it's going to go way south, and it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that. Both, you know, creatively and both like in the
0: media and in the press where he gets killed because it's gonna happen. That that's why I want Kenny Omega far away from this man. I I had to watch those two matches in twenty eighteen. I don't want any more. Keep him away from the pure main event wrestling. I'm good. He's and the daddy. I don't want this. He's the daddy.
2: I think the best part about this is like the reason why I'm laughing so hard is because like Floyd's gonna hear this and Floyd's gonna be furious. (laughs) Floyd is the biggest... Cody fan you could imagine Yeah, I'm going to get shit for this hopefully when he did your plugs he he presses pause on it or he just stops the podcast or maybe he knows like wait there's another like 15 minutes what's going on hopefully he just misses this part but oh. I'm sure he's going to hear it and we're going to get shit for this for like the next week but I'm Boy. glad there was somebody besides just us that talked about Cody uh in a way like of the constructive criticism we have for Cody because like honestly for me like my biggest gripe with AEW all year, all of, uh, so far this entire run has been the fact that, like, that dude was that hot, that dude was cutting promos like that, that dude was going out here, and when he does, doesn't do bullshit in his matches, we're having these uh, good matches consistently, and then they decide to cut him off and say, and make it, add on this step that added nothing to his drawing power or gait. And just made it to where he can never be champion. I thought that was like the dumbest fucking thing ever. And like no nobody like hates that thing as much as me. And I'm just like losing my mind. Like wait a second, if you have this top baby face, and the top baby face can never become the the win the top prize in the company. We've almost like what's the point of this promotion anymore now. And, Whoa. like, I feel like I'm the only person that's, like, shouting this but because I realize, like, the amount of good work that Cody did. But then he also does his goofy stuff. And then, like, Floyd, for example, the only hears is when I, like, shit on on, on Cody when he does his goofy stuff. So I just gave him a whole bunch of positivity about how much I believe in Cody. And then he's gonna only hear about it. You're still on this thing about Cody does bullshit his matches. So whatever. It is what it is, Floyd.
1: Floyd, unfold your arms right now, because I know you're <laughs> sitting there mad and angry, and I know you're mad and angry probably for a lot of reasons. Why your parents named you Floyd? I don't know. Man. Oh, God damn it, I don't know why, and I don't know why. <laughs> well, maybe they maybe they saw Dusty Rhodes put Baby Doll on the horse, and she ran away with him. She ran away from him, and that was the, the horse's name was Floyd, and and Baby Doll made him sway back. Okay. So. Was, was a bigger, bigger, bigger block and, and kind of put it on him. And maybe that's why you're still upset, because like there was a roads that shit on you. But now you see a new roads that can bring you and your name up to a higher level. And I get that. And I get that. But unfold them hands. Pull yourself together. Hold yourself and, and understand that. Cody is his daddy, and unlike James, I understand where he's going with this because there's going to be a long-term story that gets built in where, this, where where Cody makes the fans want to cheer his name and to hear him and go, you know what, we need to have this title match. I'm going to write into AEW. like I see this coming from a mile away. I know that's what they're going to do. I get that's what they're going to I'm do going to fully it. for it, understand it, completely get it. With that said, Cody, you're burning through a lot of things. You've got a <laughs> long way to go with this, and I saw your dad do it. And I'm just saying, like, like at the beginning of the show, a lot of people look at Cody and go, "Man, what a baby face! Nah, he's every bit of heel. <laughs> and i I don't know how this whole thing's gonna play out, but watch your formula, Cody, whether it be outside the ring, whether it be inside the ring with your moves, like, you're getting cute because you are getting a little bit of a pass because there's been a lot. Look, when the aesthetics are good, when some of the 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 side and the peripheral stuff is good, it, it brightens the rest of the picture. It's like having a shitty, just like having a main event that doesn't really click. It's like to me, it's like the women's elimination chamber. It's like if that show was humming people Mm -hmm. wouldn't be so upset with kind of how it ended and Shayna and the the waiting time and all that but it wasn't so on the end you know as an exclamation point on what was already a shitty show and and not people a show that people weren't feeling it didn't work and that's where cody's got to be careful because (laughs) as the song says it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and that's (laughs) one thing that he's continued on with so we'll see how it goes but floyd don't worry, I got more confidence in Cody than James does, but but understand that you you might have some oh I don't know hard times.
2: <laughs> I, I don't even, I'm not even gonna do an intro out to the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> check out the shows on the on the rest of the uh, on the rest of the net on the network um, from Keeping It Strong Style to uh, the Ricky and Clyde Russing Podcast to Groman Washes shit to Get that in the show's Ring. still on. Which show? Oh, the man, Washington?
1: Oh, man, yeah. Who's hosting that now?
2: Chris, Bryant and, and Jeremy, like usual. Oh, man. They're still around? Uh, oh, <laughs> okay, let's, let's... And also, All Things lead with Floyd, <laughs> Tiffany, and, and Amy. So, oh, man, uh, I should thanks. have waited on jumping on a show until Floyd again, man. Yes, that you should have.
3: You should have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: should have. Yeah, like, they, they dub uh, All Things lead as the, the podcast with a proclivity for positivity. It is rainbows and sunshine, uh, sunshine and it's almost as if, like, the AEW wrestlers are their their own kids and i love it and it's so positive and like sometimes like it's so positive makes you want to like damn i'm not always this negative what is wrong with me am i a bad person because like tiffany floyd and amy are great positive uplifting people and i just mean i'm just like yeah this is good yeah this is great yeah this was bad this is okay but like they are definitely some um what do you call it uh alan i uh, it's like Thumbna um, Thumbna I'm sorry, uh, uh, glass half full types and i, and I love it and I'm glad that we had that diversity on the show. But me, like me and Rich, were just like, "Look, man, like a lot of this stuff is goofy wrestling, and we're just gonna call it goofy wrestling as it is."
1: <laughs> but uh, thank God you didn't tell him about the conversation at the bar after last year's Madison Square Garden show at WrestleMania, whereas I'm trying to think of the first time. I, it may have been I was on the show after that, where it was like. Y'all are already doing the AEW show. It's like not even a thing yet. Like what are you like what? Like cuz y'all I had to had the first one. Had to have had
0: the first one. You were one of the first. I think oh, was, like, I think we were probably like this, like first or second. Who was the first? You like, 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 not
1: talk about. yet. Like what are you talking about?
0: Oh, but there was. There
1: was. Yes sir. Yes sir. I was wrong. Steve so Air Floyd I was wrong. I'll say it. Unlike my co-host Brian Alvarez, not even the co-host this is his damn show. We'll tell you that every time he can. Sorry, yes, uh, sorry, stuff. But anyway, the money's always on time from PayPal every twentieth. So I do like that. But regardless, I'll say I was wrong. He won't. I will. So I apologize for it. Y'all did have a lot to talk about. Y'all did do a good job.
2: Don't listen to me. Go get you. And all that. has been real. It's been real. The real. Later. <laughs>